version 2.0. I'm Dan. This is episode 216. The gang's all here. Say hi, guys. What's up? Hi, guys. Going on? Why'd you pause? Why'd you pause so long there, uh, Justin? What's up with me? That? Yeah, you paused. You like? Yeah, you know I. Um, Are you hesitant? I, I was debating. Got... There is just so many I, like choices. I you. Tend to gravitate towards awkward silence, Dan. I think it's just awkwardness in general. I, I, is it? I just I, I, I just doubt. I think I make. I don't think your head's in the game, Dan. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think your head's in the game. Is what you it don't think you've so? lost it? Yeah. I what lost would it. what would be a reason for that, Dan? I don't know. I just um, you know how you just get these weird like I don't know you like a premonition. I guess is what it is. You feel like um, yeah. I feel like you've been inhaling too much nitro smoke, <laughs> and I think <laughs> that. That's kind of mean, actually. Oh, you yeah, are in the a circumstances. dirty You've been, huffing, you've been huffing cool power, haven't you? That's what's yeah. been going on. Well, that's the other. only way I can get the fumes is opening the fuel bottle and sniffing it. Just like dumping it on a rag and just like... <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> laying back and laying it yep. over your face. Yeah. Taking a nap out if, in the garage. With taking a nap. That's <laughs> the way to do it, man. If you if you take some and you rub it on the top of your top lip, you can sit there and watch a movie and feel like you're out at the field. <laughs> just 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 don't light a match. Yeah, <laughs> I will try that, Nick. Next time, next time I sit down on the couch to play Fallout Four, I'm gonna rub a little bit of Cool Power Thirty on my upper lip. Oh no! What you, you what, what you need to do is take a like cut a half inch strip out of a dish rag and super glue that to your upper lip because you're into that. Right? Oh, dude, I am all about. Super- and <laughs> well, you then- know what? It would super glue to my mustache really well, don't you think? Yeah, and that'd be fun. You ought to think about how much it would absorb and hold. I mean, yeah, be pretty yeah. good. And you yeah. and YouTube it for us. Yeah, yeah. the it's- act of super gluing it, or only after it's been super glued and soaked. All and, of it. Yeah, the whole thing, all of it. In- including yeah, the whole thing, including all the right. series out of it. All right. In- yeah. Yeah. Part one, two, and three. Uh, uh, it's, it's a. It's it's a DIY. How, how to feel like you're flying nitro? <laughs> uh, the Poochie edition. That's right. So what's going I on, guys? Anything exciting happen this week? Let's get off. Let's get off the whole nitro on the upper lip thing here. Just like I said, you got to get your head in the game here, buddy. All right. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, I nice. can I can already tell this is going to be an awesome episode. Uh, what? Yep. Uh, did anybody do anything fun besides work this week? Yes. Uh, really? I flew the crap out of some stuff last weekend. Yeah? And it all was well with the world. Yep. So you guys had good weather last week, huh? Last weekend. Define good. Well, you didn't get nine inches of snow, right? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, and it wasn't it was zero clear. degrees. It was we not did get zero. get some snow. 
I heard that. You guys got snow. Oh, that yeah. bitch. That, that set Seattle into pure chaos, didn't it? Didn't it? No, not really. Oh, come on. You guys get snow over there. And it's, it's like little schoolgirls. Yee, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> God. Go go ahead, Nick. You you were about to tell us in yeah. the most bastardly way possible that you had fun while we weren't. I did. I went out to the field and I put some stick time in. I mean, some serious stick time. It was great. 18 flights. Flew everything that I had that was flyable. Got some, got some serious time on the DT. Got flights in on the 700 and the 570 and the 500SS is now maidened. Yep, true story, witnessed it. Woo. And yep, my my final by the end of the day I think I got four or five flights on it. I am now up to 3200 RPM and 13 degrees of pitch. So I all think right, that's, all right. that's, nice. Not that's bad. about what it was at at our fun fly. Actually, I think it yeah. was almost identical to what it was at at our fun okay. fly. And this one flies way better than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> way, way, way better. Holy cow. I'm sure, you know, I'm putting, I'm actually tuning it and putting more effort into that. And it's, it's really paying off. Uh, I'm shocked at how, like, the faster I I push it, the better it flies. The better it tracks. The better it holds the line. You know, I've That's been spending, a good sign. Yeah, I've been spending. Obviously, I was bouncing some questions back and forth with Justin, and the last the last flight with all of those runs at thirty two hundred. Uh, if I enter and and I get my line proper, it's just full collective and let go, and it holds it dead straight. The whole nice, way. yeah. So it's That's feeling good. good. It's good to hear that that model seems to like to want to go fast. Oh, definitely to, to hold a line. Yep. And so I'm almost, um, it's almost going to be time to where I'm going to be forced to to put a new motor in it uh, for KV purposes because I'm I'm flying the that older eight pole Scorpion forty twenty five five fifty. And oh, with yeah, a twenty-four dude. tooth, I just can't five fifty. Yeah, we need I know. some high six hundreds or seven hundreds up in that bitch. <laughs> yep. No, I do. I I really do. So that's that's going to be the the plan. I think will be to to get a new motor. Uh, awesome part uh, that that one has the hundred amp hobby wing HV in there, dude. Mm-hmm. It's not even getting above ambient. I mean, not even. Uh, well, let's e- let's make sure we're a little bit clear here. What was ambient? It's butt cold. I mean, okay. it was th- <laughs> so thirty that degrees a little bit, but uh, I hear you. But still, it's not the whole setup is just, even the batteries aren't that hot. I feel like I've got that's, that's good. Yeah, and that's with the the twenty seven hundred thirty C Opti powers, which again. If someone wants to try it, beware. They are not completely plug and play. It 
is a super tight fit in there. You have to be very meticulous when you put them on the tray. And even then, I did have to heat up the nose of the canopy with a, a hairdryer or with a heat gun and and mm. give it a little teeny bit of relief in the front. Oh, the front dude, pack. did you pull a core 700? No, no, no. It's not even <laughs> remotely that bad. I mean, not even remotely that bad. So Ooh. are you, I got to ask, are you heating your packs before you fly? Um, because yes, if it's because really like near freezing, that could play a big role in killing those packs early if you're speed flying them cold. It does. So what I'm doing, um, just to be safe, I before I'm going out to the field, I'm actually turning the heater on in the trailer for a couple hours before to make sure the trailer and give everything in there a chance to kind of warm up a little bit because it does stay outside and it does get cold in there. And then I am not going to the field with my packs charged. So when I get there, um, then I'm charging. So I'm also giving them a chance to kind of warm up as I charge and I'm charging them fairly fast too. And that seems to be, seems to be all right. I mean, I do have to kind of, you know, I'm keeping them like when they're not being used, I'm keeping them down on the warmer end of the trailer. Not not leaving them over by the charger where they're more apt to get, you know, back to freezing cold again. Because, yeah, I mean, it's, dude, it was it's freaking, cold. It was cold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was really cold. But, oh, it felt just great to fly. The DT is just killing it. I mean, it's killing it. I'm really happy with that combo. The... I mean, you want to talk about bang for the buck w- between the DT and the three digi. The three digi is very impressive. Flight wise, I'm like, I mean, I would really, really struggle to have a single complaint flight wise. I mean, it what, just doesn't. What, what's that? What's that unit run? How much is it? It's on a promo right now for a hundred bucks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's yep. it. Hundred bucks, yep. And you know what's so, cool? I didn't talk about this because I have the regular one, but they have what they're calling an HV version, which really isn't HV, so to say, but it has um, power leads coming out of the flybarless unit. So it's got a positive and negative. I, oh. I want to say they're like six to eighteen, eighteen gauge, I think, or something like that. So um, you did get that version? No, I didn't. But oh, you I, I want to okay. let everyone okay. know that they do have that version, which frees up. I mean, you don't run Double into ports. that whole like, yeah, how am I going to get redundant power yeah. and this? You just and run that power and directly into the unit on those lines. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of like didn't Beast X do that in their? Isn't there like a Micro Beast Plus or something yeah. that allows yeah, one you to of plug those. into it? Yep, and the, I dude, I love that. I mean, even going back to the old AR7100Rs. Yep. That that was like killer feature about those. I love that, 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 that they had that, which I understand that's not for every model. But this thing is small. I mean, it's really, really small, really tiny. So I'm going to be, um, I'm actually going to start working on the review now. I'm kind of at that point. I've got enough flights on it. Flying characteristic wise, tuning wise, um, yeah. Quick, and then quick! I want to, I want to speed test it. Yeah, I know. And then we're gonna, then I'm gonna send it down to Justin. I'll probably pull it off 
send it down to Justin and get him working on the speed portion of it so that we can kind of keep up, you know, both of the reviews relatively close together. But I, I mean, from a non-official, non-review side of it, it, it it's going to be really cool when they add the extra features that it's capable of. How about that? So can you speak to the um, user interface side of it, or do you kind of want to hold off on that? And did you get an English version of the manual? Yep. Yep. No, it's all released now in English. Uh, the user interface has been probably something that I that is a really big deal to me. You know, I spent a lot of time on Icon, a lot of time. And the the user interface, like Dan, as you know, was intuitive. Mm-hmm. But I always struggled with it being glitchy. Like it, it wouldn't connect to the unit. It would freeze. You'd unplug it. You'd have to shut the software down, restart it. There was a real specific order, that sort of a thing. Did it write the settings to the unit? Did it write? Exactly. Yeah. I have not had a single issue with this. And as far as just ease of use wise, I did all of my initial setup and maiden flight. With the software in German. So oh, that kind of... Yeah. <laughs> Puts it in perspective a little bit, yeah. Yeah, if you can't read it, but you can set it up to fly it, it it's they did a pretty good job, I think. And but, so what they... You know, what they've been... Do you actually that? ever read instruction manuals? I mean, seriously. Well, I do no. now. I That's do how now. we do things. <laughs> yeah. Especially with flybars, you know, because oh. you're like, oh, you know, what... Uh, it's it's typical. Yeah. It's very typical as far as the setup. It's not. I feel like if you you know if you've flown Icon or set up a V bar, set up any of those computer interface ones, th- this is no different. What they spent a lot of time doing during the course of the period that I've been testing it is you know they were working on getting all the manuals translated or, or the manual translated that sort of a thing, the translation and the software. And then they were working on getting the preset set up for the model size, you know, so where when you click on 700, it's it's close to the settings for a 700. So, yeah. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, if you if you're if you have a setup where you don't need a governor, then to me, it's an absolute 100 no brainer. If you can hold off a little bit, then it's still a no brainer. But if you're like, ah, I got to have a gov, unfortunately, it's kind of it's sitting in that, that BD world right now, which is, you know, good fly system, but no gov. A it's world coming. I know all too well. <laughs> yeah, and they'll probably beat BD to it, truthfully. Oh, I, think I, that, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I believe, <laughs> um, I'll have to double check, but I believe they are currently doing the Jetty integration, I think. That's what they're working on right yep. now. And then once that's done, then the gov will be next. Hmm. So, nice. yes. But man, it was it was awesome. At that 500 it's fun. The last flight was the first one where it felt fast. And that's probably in that same 110 to 115 range, I would say. Yeah, you realize how uh, how small the field is that we fly at. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a, I was watching you during the maiden flight going, geez, it just eats up the field like it does incredibly eat up the fast. Field. And it gets small fast. It it definitely gets yeah. small real fast. I mean I'm I'm glad that I don't have to do those big, huge, crazy long runs with it. Yeah, overall, I did learn one other thing that I wanted to kind of pass along. Mm-hmm. Completely contradicts everything that I've done over the past year as far as tuning, but is a real eye-opener. So there was a, a conversation I think Justin and I were having about uh, you were BSing at OHB with Mark Trotman from Spinblades. Yeah. And he was talking about how you know, uh, most people probably don't realize how the spin blades tune differently. Yep. Correct. You know, that um, you can't just swap them on and go over same degrees of pitch or they'll bog. They're, they, you know, they're designed to run lower pitch. Yeah, Duncan well, runs like 11 and a half or 12 degrees of pitch. Yeah. And that, I mean, that really puts it into perspective. I mean, that's freaking mm-hmm. crazy, dude. Yeah, with how fast he makes it move. So what it kind of made me think of was like, hey, wait a minute here. Maybe that, maybe there are more blades out there that are like that. Um, you know, I kind of went on this quest of low RPM, high pitch, thinking back about how I had my E700 set up. And I just wasn't getting the results that I wanted to, even though I kind of lightened up the models a little bit uh, as far as tuning goes. So I, you know what? I gave that a shot. I dropped down to like, I want to say it was 12.8 or something. On as your 700? Of, yeah. I didn't need, actually, it's funny. I didn't even measure. I just went out there, flew it, landed went into the collective menu and just started going down even numbers on top and bottom. There you go. Going down, going down, going down until the bobbles went away. I was like, huh, interesting. Now it doesn't quite have the pop I want. So then I just went in and started turning up the RPM. Okay. Hey, wow. Holy, what the, wow, this thing flies completely different. And I was almost back to that point where I was flying it like like a nitro. I was just way slamming on the sticks. These were with which blades? The 693Ds. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I went back and measured, and that's where I ended up at like 2050, mm-hmm. I would say, but at 12.8 degrees of pitch. See, man, there you go. Maybe SAB's best kept secret is that the blades need to be run at lower pitch. And I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, you know, in in fairness to to spin blades, um, they do claim in their literature that they have, a you know, a, a different design with a far more efficient airfoil, all that sort of thing. But one of the things I was talking to Mark about is like you don't. There's never anything explicit that says, hey, dudes, don't run this at 14 degrees. Try it at 11 or 12 and then let me know. Maybe maybe SAB's got a similar thing. Maybe we've all been barking up the wrong tree. 
Well, I think I just got in a in a habit of of not like I never really ran into that, you know, and and like when I on the E seven hundreds, I always flew the compass blades and rails, and I remember on the rails it was the other way around. I put rails on and I went up a half a degree. Yep, every single time, and they would take fourteen, fourteen, and and nineteen fifty on the head and. No bobbles, nothing. That's Didn't because of the tip. All. Yeah. So it, that's a big eye over. And even, you know, Kyle Stacy talking to him, um, you know, talking about two blade setups. And he was like, oh, yeah, I think around like 2150, 2180, something like that uh, on 13 degrees. I'm going, Whoa. see, there you go. I wonder why. Really? I would have thought more. And so here I've been just going. After, you know, thinking, well, I I want this, I want this, I want this, assuming that I knew the path to get there and not being open-minded as to what was actually going to make it fly the best. Well, and you know what, dude, it's interesting because it goes right back to what we've talked about before, right? Like there was a time where we had made mention and I, I personally, I still subscribe to this uh, on my 3D helis at least. But we had said, don't worry about the head speed. Tune it to what feels right and yep. what tunes right. Right. And then, you know, in the probably in the last six or eight months when we do talk about setups, it tends to get back to, oh, yeah, I was running 1950 or I was running 2000. These nice, clean, round numbers. Who gives a crap what the head speed is? You got to tune it so that it behaves the way you want to. Uh, and it doesn't have any negative tendencies. And if that's 2100 and 12 and a half degrees of pitch, then why is that a problem? Yeah. And I, I think it was just because we've always, you know, oh, why? I, I do believe that a lot of people run higher head speed than they need to, strictly because yeah. it's electric, it's got a buttload of power, and I sure, can. Sure. And well, it makes sense. Right. Let's not forget that typically at higher head speeds, the fly bar system is easier to tune. Oh, absolutely. So Way therefore, easier. Yeah. If, if you're not as competent or experienced at tuning the fly barless system, it tends to make things much easier. You'll find those bobbles disappear quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, but 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 to be clear, I'm not advocating for everyone to go out tomorrow or this weekend and turn their head speed up by 100 RPM. The what what I'm trying to say is per what you just learned is you got to let the numbers go and just tune it yep and and you know okay so then you went back afterwards and you checked and it was like whoa 2080 and 12.8 that's weird i didn't expect that okay you didn't expect it but that's what makes that setup fly the best so roll with it dude yeah you know it's really cool it's been i mean it's been fun and and you just yeah i think back to the first time that i met nick maxwell um, oh, at OHB. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about, you know, what, how much pitch or whatever. And he's like, I, I don't even have a clue. It's a lot. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, literally that was his response. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a lot. And I was like thinking, how do you guys not know? I mean, don't you, but they don't, they just go out there and fly it, hammer on it. You know, I think most of them run a bunch of pitch until it starts to do stuff that they don't like. 
and then they drop it back down. And if it doesn't pop enough at that point, then they creep up the head speed. It it basically, it basically becomes another parameter that, you know, like that's, that's like asking someone, Oh, what's your uh, main head gain on your, what's your head gain? You probably can't tell me 58 because they're running 53. Oh, forget it. Cause they couldn't, you know, they, they're just tuning their, the uh, pitch and head speed just like that. If it doesn't feel right, they change it. it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of my new attack now. My new attack is get it, start it at an RPM, which I think is reasonable, you know? So, okay, let's say 2000. I'm going to start probably all my 700s at 2000, I think. And then I'm just going to go out there and start with a baseline on the pitch and then go up, go up, go up until it starts to act funky or tune funky, go back down. And if it doesn't have enough pop at that point, like if I can hammer on it really hard and it doesn't bobble, but it still doesn't have the pop, then I'll go back and bump the head speed up, you know, 20 RPM at a time till it gets to where I like it. Dude, it's awesome. Yeah. I freaking love it. You know what, dude? Consider this. Maybe, Dan, you were a visionary with your 22 degrees of pitch <laughs> on the OS50 Hyper. <laughs> maybe we, we should have looked I mean, at you were way before Nick your time shunned you immediately he was like dude 22 degrees of pitch are you an idiot but that's what was working for you maybe it was the blades maybe he had special blades on there that could that's handle right it. needed that's high right. pitch yeah i well <laughs> i knew all along i'm you know i just sit back and let let you uh eggheads kind of tell me why i'm doing it wrong but I'll, all in my mind i'm sitting back going fuck these guys yeah. In <laughs> fact, Nick, in fact, Nick, after you were done tuning it, he probably went right back in that night Jeez. in his trailer and and punched it back up to 22. Like you don't know what yep. I like. Yeah, you, you don't know, know me. Us. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't no, know it was, Jack. It was fun though. I mean, I got in just a a ton of flights. It was great to to fly everything and and be back to you know, to tuning again and and the trailer and the cold just makes it makes all the difference. So, great weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about some yearly goals, I think, and predictions. And and uh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to be tracking my flights this year. I'm going to track my flights. I'm going to track. And then I'm using, because everyone asks, what app? It, it's, Justin, what's the name of it? T. It's the Tech Dad Flight, flight Log, RC Flight Log. Tech Dad RC Flight Log. Yep. That's I, the one. I've been logging mine since we started it two years ago, and I just keep a note in my iPhone at the end of each year that shows what I got for that year. So that, I mean, it'll still show a total from when I first started years ago, but that way I just know how things are progressing. Or you could just do like a model for each year. I retire. Like, well, I, I, retire I do the that. I do, uh, you know, so I have all of my models under 2015. And yep. now I've just gone through and done the 2016 versions of them. And they start out as a counter of zero. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yep. And then let's see. So finally, I got in the mail today my awesome little 50 amp, my big whopper. 50 amp for the 380. Yes. So we will get that thing wired Sweet. up. I got some packs. My 1800 showed up. And I have some soldering and some wiring to do. And hopefully this weekend we'll get that bad boy maiden. 
which is I'm one anxious to hear your your take on this. I'm also anxious to hear that you tipped it over and blew up the blades <laughs> on your first landing. <laughs> uh, you know, I got to tell you, the I still do not like that skid style. I now, was going like, to say, now you've got it on the Goblin 500 Sport, right? And I hate it. Really? And the only reason that I tolerate it is because I do believe that it is the most aerodynamic ones for that application. But the 380 isn't going to go that fast that way. So, so are you going to put the little uh, carbon skids on there? Absolutely. Ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, I feel uh, like that's blasphemy on the 380. No, it's not. Yeah, uh, dude. I was th- I put a thread up talking about upgrades and I I think I'm going to put those skids on there. And then I'm not sure on the, t- you know, okay, here's another quick topic. What we're talking about goblins. People are always talking up the, talking about the speed up gears, right? Tail speed up. Oh, if you run below this or that. I got to really looking at the ratios. You know, I don't run high head speed. I have not needed a single one on any of these models yet. You will need it on the 380. Yeah. Okay. I just got one. When, you remember I crashed it like four years ago. Mm-hmm. When I finally got around to rebuilding it, I put a speed up gear on it. It makes a difference below 3000 RPM. It really does. And that's for how I fly. You fly harder, so you should be able to really okay. tell a difference. Gotcha. Well, yep. I'll probably do the tail speed up gear and the skids and then just see how it see what I break and crash crash from there. I'm excited. I think I'm going to set it up pretty hot. I can kind of make it just fun. I remember how much. You have to with that small. Yeah. Small size is fun. Yeah, exactly. I remember how much fun I had just flying the warp. Just stupid, you know, (laughs) digging into it all the time. And so I think, uh, yeah, that's the plan. I believe that's all that's new. Oh, um, yeah, no, that's it. I haven't done that yet. (laughs) I'll put, I'll talk about that in the news. There's an update. That I haven't done, so I don't have all of the information for the V control. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you done it yet, Jesse? I have not. I did see the email though. Yeah, you can like customize your home screen when it turns on, and I guess they have this. Uh, there's like a program online or a program that you can download uh, to make your own home screens and stuff. Nice. Dan, have you done it yet? I still <laughs> haven't got my v control stuff yet (sighs) justin have you done it oh my yeah actually i just i did do the jetty update when it came out two weeks ago not for the v control i mean i know you're trying to keep it under the table but yeah no i haven't (laughs) but but i will tell you i will tell you and i'm sure this is an opportunity for you to continue mocking me relentlessly that jetty's software without update has a season specific opening screen uh, and for the last month or two and the next couple in what the northern hemisphere tends to consider winter, when you mm-hmm. turn the jetty on, it has snowflakes that fall. Mm. Pretty cool. Oh, Did my you know God. You... Why didn't I buy a jetty? Oh, my God. Snowflakes? <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm telling you, Dan. <laughs> shit. This Thank is you, just Dan. I was one, trying to hold back. Oh, one of God. the many perks. Is it too late? Is it too late to cancel? the Because, my God, snowflakes? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That if is you so hold it exciting. close enough to your crotch, <laughs> it will touch your wiener. And then, <laughs> and then if you tilt you can it, say that with anything. If I tilt it forty-five <laughs> degrees, will it say "Merry Christmas"? Absolutely, <laughs> man. 
It'll oh, talk geez. dirty to you if you tilt it 45 degrees. You can make it do whatever you want, tilting it. Except, except <laughs> in a V-bar. Handy? Will it do handy? Sure. Whoa, sure, whoa, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> no, that's, that's 90 degrees. That's 90 <laughs> well, no, no. That's a, that's a few more degrees so of rotation. I did find out that that feature... That's for those, uh, one of those gliders where you spin around in a circle like a discus. Discus launch. Hand, yeah. Hand, yeah, hand launch. That's what that drivers. feature's for. Something to do with those. Excuse me while I yawn while you guys are talking about all these cool Yeti features. <laughs> Yeti. Yeti. <laughs> Can't do it. I was going to try and do it. Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> With all the different retailers out there, it can be hard to decide where you want to spend your heli money. Ken over at Lower Heli helps make that decision a little easier for you, though. With amazing prices every day, great customer service, and fast shipping, you don't have to worry about bouncing around anymore. Go visit Ken at www.lowerheli.com and fill that shopping cart with the confidence that you're getting the best prices backed by amazing support. Head on over to www.lowerheli.com and fly lower. So, Justin, why don't you... Why don't you tell us how the Yeti's doing this week? I will tell you. About you know the what? Yeti. Your your radio is now nicknamed in my mind Chewy. Okay, Chewy. I, you know what? I will take that. Yeah, I will. You should take go get that. some uh, MP3s you know of that a, dude. Print a um, print a sticker, and I will see if I can find a Chewy uh, growl sound, and I will convert it to a wave and load it to my radio, so that every time it powers up. It does. <laughs> will you, okay, if I have ninja wraps, make you a Chewbacca wrap for it, will you put that on there? No, I'm not. Putting oh, come on. He's a big talker, but man. Because how about if we just, deal, dude, like, if we just when it really uh, comes down to it, Chewbacca to was it. not a Yeti. Can we, can we just hot glue a wig to it? A, a white, white wig? I don't care, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, a Yeti, isn't it that? Isn't that like a the abominable snowman type deal, right? Yeah, so I, you just gotta roll. According it. I mean, to Blizzard, it is around yeah. with the. It's a joke. Mixing. It's not freaking science class. All right. Well, you know, man, it's all about being accurate. Oh, shut up! Yeah, yeah, we do that here all the time. Right? Wait, hold on. What show are we recording? Well, we're not talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. politics. So uh, this show. So how how has Chewy been this week? It's <laughs> it's been fine. It's basically sat on my bench charging because there's nothing else to do. I, uh, this week's been pretty boring for me. I was, uh, I was complaining to, uh, you guys, or I think it was all three of you in text. Maybe it was just Nick that despite this weekend being really nice weather, I didn't feel like flying. I just flat out didn't feel like flying because I had my heart set on flying nitro so much that I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going out. So I squandered that opportunity and I still don't feel bad about it. Uh, now the good news is that, uh, after my whole nitro blowing up fiasco, 
I was able to get in contact with Richard at YS and uh, Richard, you know, I don't, I know you guys are at least Dan, you've worked with him before. And for mm-hmm. the listeners who haven't, Richard's a really nice guy. If you've got a YS and you've got issues, get in contact with the guy. He's really down the earth, down to earth and, and willing to help. And so we walked through the situation and he asked me a lot of really good questions. He, you know, he was basically feeling me out. Did you do something stupid? Basically, right. Were you running it at 2,400 RPM? Uh, did you look at the uh, the needle settings? What were your needle settings? All that sort of different thing. Were you running a throttle curve? Were you running governed? Uh, long story short, uh, I explained the situation and he agreed. It sounds like it's probably uh, a defect. He doesn't know which one yet, but he said, send the motor back. We'll cover it on warranty, which uh, I, I really am glad is the case. And he's actually going to set it up on his test bench and check things out. And I told him I'd really like to know what the problem is just so that, you know, for just for information. And we'll see whether or not he actually tells me the final final solution. But good news is that YS is honoring their warranty and is going to uh, I don't know if he's going to send me a new one or he's basically just going to replace all of the damaged components in that one. Honestly, I don't give a crap as long as it runs uh, without a problem next time. I'm perfectly fine now. Unfortunately, as as we talked about in the last one that left me without a flying nitro this weekend and that's why i didn't fly dan's nitro engine came in actually came in yesterday thank you dan i have not installed it yet uh, because after dan had shipped that which was you know sort of like a the day it happened he's like dude i'll just throw it in the mail after he shipped that i ended up finding a deal online from a guy that was getting rid of all of his nitro stuff and he had two YS91 3DS motors. So I think, Dan, you're running a couple of those. That's what you're running in your N7, Jesse. Nick, you know the 3DS. Really awesome motor. Uh, yep. And he he basically had his main 3DS that he was his regular daily flyer. And then he had a backup, like a lot of people seem to do with Nitro. Uh, and he had put, you know, several gallons through the main and only a few gallons through the backup. But he was getting rid of nitros because he, all he does is fly electric now. So he uh, was basically given a really killer deal on each individual engine. You know, I, I think it was like 250 for one and 200 or so for another or 175. I talked to him about a package deal. And ended up getting both of the engines together with a new ring, new uh, new piston, and a sleeve on each of those that he honed out with a brake cylinder hone. And I want to talk about that. We'll get back to that for three hundred and fifty bucks. That's two ninety-one three nitros. Yeah, but I'm here. Dude, that's yes. Yeah, two absolutely. So I was super psyched about that. And, you know, I had gone back and forth with Nick on this about the whole brake cylinder hone. And, you know, Nick being the automotive guy really wanted to get his take on whether that actually makes sense. As I understand it, the cylinders on these engines are a very hard steel and they're coated in in what amounts to sort of like a glass type coating. It's called Nicosil. And 
the cross hatching that you put in there is done at the factory very specifically with a ball hone. I did go and look that up, Nick, and you're absolutely right. It doesn't look anything like a brake hone. Nope. And the the purpose of the cross hatching is to provide texture that not only the oil, the lubrication sort of sits in, but the black color on the ring, I guess, is actually sort of a coating. And when you break in the ring, the, quote, bedding in of the piston ring results in transferring a very small amount of that coating into the crosshatch pattern. And that helps seal that specific ring to that liner. So when you blow up a ring or a piston and you haven't damaged the liner to the point where you got a gouge, then really all you need to do to get the the liner back to sort of square one virgin surface is to remove or i guess they called uh glaze busting in the business nick maybe you heard heard that term to Mm. break down that piston ring coating back to just the cross hatch so in a sense the liner is somewhat immortal uh, unless you really damage Mm -hmm. it warp it or you get a gouge in it because the you know, the ring came apart or something like that. So this guy happened to do, uh, use a a brake cylinder home, which doesn't use balls. It uses, uh, three little stones basically. And I, I'd never heard of this before. I went and did the research and a lot of people online have said that they have been doing that to refurbish nitro liners for years. Uh, not just helis, but uh, planks as well and you know there's the age-old argument of do you use a brake hone do you use a ball hone or some people actually had success using sandpaper so i got to thinking about this and i figured what is the worst that could happen the worst that could happen is i go and break in these engines and the compression sucks and it the tunes all over the place throw that cylinder liner away and buy a new one. They're like 70 bucks. It's not the end of the world. I already got a good price. So I'm actually kind of excited about doing what amounts to a a little experiment with this to see whether, you know, honing your own cylinder liner actually is worthwhile. And let's face it, for me, I'm not going to be pushing these engines to like the maximum of their power output. So even if I do lose a little bit of power or compression as a result of doing it this way, I'm not sure I'm going to notice it. But that's, either way, that's why a lot of people have gotten away with it. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. from yeah. a from a mechanical standpoint and being that I've done and built about everything with rotating parts, the sure. combustion engine. Um, it, it will work. Absolutely. It'll work. You're just never going to get the compression and the power that you would, uh, out of a good crosshatch. I mean, period, end of story, but it shouldn't run. It'll probably be good enough to where it ro- won't so, run poorly. And because of the way that we're set up with two stroke and we burn, like if that was a four stroke engine, um, and, and let's say this was like a, in a, not even automotive, but a, Four stroke with uh, oil sump style, uh, style system, you would sure. burn oil. You're just going to burn oil. You're going to see blue smoke out of the exhaust. So uh, because you be don't have as good of a seal, so, so you're what actually pattern sucking does it put in there? In it. If it's not a cross hatch, what is it? What does the pattern look like? On the, the stone will be smooth. 
Well, oh, yeah. so it's yeah. interesting because the the what I found online is that people who have used breakhone stone systems will get a crosshatch if you do it correctly. Yeah, and again, but it's, it's not... a glaze busting process, which basically only removes that thin coating that was placed there by breaking in the last piston ring. So you're not so much putting more crosshatch in it as you are breaking down that very thin layer of ring coating to the original crosshatch. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think so, it'll work and I, I think mean, you'll it, probably have. I think have... it's, I'm actually kind of excited because it's somewhat tinkery. It's, it's up my alley in that I can do objective experiments to see whether it works or whether it doesn't. And actually I think it would be kind of cool. I mean, for one, I would like to hear what listeners have to say and whether anyone has had experience doing this. What do they find works? What doesn't? Have they noticed a difference? But, hey, wouldn't it be pretty cool if after a little bit of you know messing around, it turns out that I can validate that for the average pilot, it's not a big deal. Put a tech tip up. Now people can start you know, fixing their engines on their own. So those uh, those engines haven't come in yet. Dan's has, which leaves me in a quandary, right? Because Dan was gracious enough to send his engine needs to be broken in because his the per the guy he purchased it from uh, put all new components in. But I've got these guys coming on Monday. So I told you, Dan, uh, in text, uh, I'm probably not going to touch your engine because that's yours. And I will have mine in another couple of days. I'll send it back. I just wanted someone to break it in. I was going to say, how does that make you feel that someone doesn't want to touch your engine? Well, if you want me to break it in, I will break it in for you, Dan. But I was Probably trying dirty. to be courteous and, and not and not run your engine if I didn't need to run your engine. Okay. I also, let's see, uh, we had talked last week about McMaster car order. I also ordered a set of Switch 713s and a matching set of tail blades. Uh, to give a try on the Nitro once I get it back you, up and running. Have you tried the Switchblades at all? Uh, no, I haven't. Not yet. Okay. So I'm kind of excited yeah, about I'm that. I know, Dan, you've got that. you got a bunch of 693s. I actually decided I'm going to go with 713s, not because I think I need them, but because if you've got 693s and i got 713s, we might play back and forth at the next Fun Fly and see... See what makes the most sense. Cool. So yeah, I think nice. I think that's mostly it. Just kind of a lazy heli week, but uh, busy hmm. life and work week. How about you, Jesse? Uh, kind of the same. Been a fairly slow, uh, average heli week. So as Nick mentioned, I we made it out to the field last weekend. Unfortunately, I had some commitments in the afternoon, so I could only stay out there till about noon. So I didn't get in the whopping 18 flights Nick did. I think I got in six or seven flights on the E7. And it was super cold because if if you remember back, Nick, the original plan was to meet out there at 10. Yep. <laughs> and somebody bailed about yeah. 9.50. I, it was, I was going to be out there at 10 and... Uh, Apparently, someone stayed up a little late uh, playing video games the night before and didn't get, didn't get up until about 9.50. Excuses. So I, I show up there, 10 o'clock. But it was 20, it's 28 or 26 yeah. degrees out. 
No way. And I'm thinking, oh, Nick's going to be here soon. I'm not going to bring my heater. I'm not going to, you know, I going to throw all that stuff in. Extra trips to the truck, whatnot, all this stuff I don't need to bring with me to the field because, oh, my good old buddy Nick's going to be bringing his uh, awesome <laughs> heli trailer, right? <laughs> so, wrong, wrong. I, I froze my butt off for you oh, know, that's an dude. hour and 40 minutes out there, hour and 50 minutes. Uh, Nick showed up about 10 minutes before I had to leave, so that was convenient. <laughs> But no, overall, it was, it was still good. It was I was doing the you know using the truck for heat. So I'd, I about every other flight, go back in the truck, fire the thing up, and just get the hands warmed back up and whatnot. But overall, successful day. Um, the the weather was awesome. It was so nice to fly against a clear blue sky. Um, we'd been I don't know for how many weekends just flying against that. I don't know, pretty typical Northwest gray cloud cover. Just not great for visibility, but this was, it was cold, probably, you know, because it was clear, but the sky was just not a single cloud, you know, just nothing in the sky. So really nice to fly against that. Um, And so, yeah, overall, a great day at the field. Uh, This last week, I've been messing around a little bit more with the 3D printer, and I did do a final print on the N7 tray extension. So, Got that all installed. Seems to be, you know, I printed it in ABS at about 80, 70 or 80% density with three perimeters. And so it seems like a pretty stout um, part. I don't think, you know, at first I was a little bit concerned because, you know, put Velcro on it and I, I am going to put end up putting another strap around the battery down there. Just wondering how the part's going to wear from tearing the Velcro on and off and on and off. But overall, I don't. I'm not so concerned after I got it actually printed out, mounted in the helicopter with a final full density version. Um, it, it does weigh, I think the weight on the part was about 24 grams. Um, wow, so that that's is, actually, that's a little bit heavier than I was expecting it, you to it say. It is, and I don't think I would need to print it as dense if I did it again, because it, it, it did come out way more rigid than I had expected. Um, see, because with the printer, with the slicing software, you can program in the infill pattern. And so I always, I did the honeycomb pattern. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, just, it's a, it's a pretty rigid part. I honestly think I could probably get away with probably 30 to 40% density um, on the part, which would reduce the weight a bit. So I may end up doing another print, you know, keeping all the dimensions and the design the same, but just taking a little bit of fill out of it to drop the weight down. So we'll see how this one holds up. Um, Nice part is if anything happens or whatnot, just, Load the file back up, hit print, and got another one in a couple hours. So, not too bad. And then, as I mentioned last week, I was really going to try to get the E7 up for sale, but man, that did not happen at all whatsoever. You will not find it on the forums for sale yet. I looked too, dude. Haven't even taken pictures. As I was listening to this week's show, I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. He's got the E7 up, so I was going to go and check, yeah, no, you know, no, no. maybe bump so, it. So I have, haven't even taken pictures of it. It's It's been a pretty pathetic uh, pathetic effort on the selling front. But you know what? Hey, what are credit cards for, right? So I did pull the trigger on the Protos Max V2. Oh, oh yeah. I just, you know, I couldn't wait. I wasn't into the, the selling thing this week. I'll, I'll try to get it up next week or the following week. But I'm like, you know, that's not. They got a brand new shipment in on Tuesday. And I got a bunch of emails, tags in a couple Facebook posts, and um, you know, letting me know that the kits were in. And so I did decide just today, 
to pull the trigger on the Protos Max. And I went with the yellow canopy. Oh, oh really? Oh, I did. Wow, I'm surprised. I did. After looking at both of them and looking back at some pictures from the uh, actually from our fun fly of having some there, I don't know. There was something about it that just really popped. And so, I mean, luckily it's not. I mean, it's just a canopy color. You can always get the other one. So they're not terribly expensive. But I'm gonna be trying out the yellow one first. So we will see. I'm I'm hoping that that'll show up mid next week mid to late next week and i can jump right into the build um i'll obviously start tearing down the e7 right away so that all the components are just basically laying on the bench ready to drop in another heli and hopefully the build you know build goes smooth and everything goes great it'll be flying probably the following weekend um, i can see putting in a lot of time next weekend just in the build and so and then also with the order, I did add in the additional power bus. So I'll be trying that out. Oh, nice. Yeah, I figured, you know, if I'm going to go for it, I might as well. That That's something that's like one of those. If you think you're going to get it eventually, you might as well just save yourself the hassle of wiring the heli the first time and just buy it right up front. For something yeah, yeah. like that, I agree with you completely. Because if you're yeah. already going to take the time to wire the heli, then why do you need to buy you'll, the? You'll never do it if you've already got the it, damn thing built and flying. Exactly. You'll just be like, I really should get the power bus, but I've already taken the time to wire it. So what's the big deal? So decided, yeah, throw that in, you know, and just thinking about the the design with the carbon fiber upper frames. I, don't, I mean, it's a, it is an added cost, but I'm really hoping that, you know, kind of those sacrificial lower plastic frames will just give away kind of, you know, kind of like the 7HV did a lot. I, I never in the three years I had that hilly, I never broke an upper frame, but I broke you know, six to eight lower frames. So mm-hmm. hoping it'll kind of be that. And it's just one of those things where you buy it once you get it out of the way and, and you, uh, you move on and use it and, and like it. And so that, and then a little bit more bling that I was browsing through the site, the MSH USA site, and they had some tail fin stickers. And so they're, you know, I'm like, what the heck Throw those in as well. And so what's a tail fin sticker goes on the, uh, the vertical fin. Some yellow stickers to match the canopy. Oh, it's just like a coloring thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for orientation, matches the canopy a little more. A little more color, color on the heli, so. Yeah. um, Yeah, so that's, yeah, for now. Damn, big Just a typical week, right? Just, you know, your average slow heli week. (laughs) 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 No, it's, it's been, I'm bumped, so it should be, it should be great. Like I mentioned in the past few episodes, I really want to get that beater heli back in my fleet so i'm really hoping from all the research i did it seems like this is going to fit the mold and i'm really hoping that it holds up to the hype so i will definitely let you guys know how the build goes and what i find out once i finally get a chance to maiden it other than other than that looking forward to this weekend it's i'm probably not going to get any flying in unfortunately um kayla and i are taking a trip to whistler this weekend so a little little getaway it was our Christmas gift and so probably no flying this weekend we shall see we all know crashing sucks but the only thing worse than crashing is missing something during the repair and watching it pile right back in well guess what the greatness that is the Soko Heli tool can save you time and from making a costly mistake during your diagnostic process 
Simply slap on the Soko Heli tool after a crash and you can check your main shaft, spindle shaft, servo horn teeth, and servo gears without even removing the head from the heli. That simple five minute check can save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars and get you more stick time in the long run. So remember, if you want your equipment to be reliable, then you have to be a good heli mechanic. And if you want to be a good heli mechanic, you have to have good tools. Soko Heli Tools, because quality and precision is worth it. Get your Soko Heli Tools at www.socohelitools.com. Well, what have you been up to, Dan? You know, something I, 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 I uh, didn't really say anything about this, um, but a couple weeks ago, I was, uh, you know, when I started working on the gasser and I had, you know, brought the trailer back, um, one, I just remember, I, I don't remember the day, but I was kind of deciding which heli I was going to work on. It was before I actually started building a new one. I thought, well, I should work on the nitro, right? Let's, um, because I just want to take the two nitros, the 700s that I have and get one of them flying really well. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go into the trailer and I, I'm like, I was fully expecting, and I don't know why I hadn't thought about this, but I was fully expecting to see two nitro 700s in my trailer and an, an E7. Right. And I just went into this deep panic because I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I, you know, there's, it's not like I have a lot of places to look in that trailer where a big 700 is going to fit. And I don't know why I hadn't thought about it, but they were not in there. So I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, just, you know, you must've, and I didn't remember doing this, but you must've taken them out and, and they're at work. But I'm thinking, you know, I, it seems like I would remember seeing them somewhere at work and I hadn't seen them. And so I, you know, I hadn't really, it wasn't like an, an all consuming thought. And like, I wasn't thinking about it every day. It's just like every occasionally I'd walk out work, you know, work on the heli and, and I would think, Oh man, I really need to kind of look for those helis. Right. Where I need to figure out where they're at. So this, this Monday when I went to work, I, I reminded myself, I said, okay, go in the shop and just look around because they've got to be in there. It's the only place they can be. And for about 20 minutes, I'm looking in every nook and cranny and I can't find them. And now I'm starting to panic. I'm thinking three helicopters have vanished, right? And I'm thinking to myself, let's go back and consider when did those helis get initially taken out of the trailer as well. When, uh, for work, we went to do like a two-day video shoot where we went to like five different locations. And I took the trailer with me, but I unloaded the helis. And I'm thinking, okay, that's when they left the trailer. And I haven't seen them since. And so uh, the other Nick at work comes in and I said, dude, didn't we take some trailers out or some helis out of the trailer? He's like, oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're in the bed of that truck. Forrest has a truck. My boss has a truck in the corner of the shop that he's restoring. And uh, so for about three weeks, I thought I'd lost three helis. I just, I, I, I figured you guys would mock Dude, me, so I didn't bring suck. it up. That's almost worse than the password thing. <laughs> so this it is, so this is, oh wow! I didn't realize that like this has been a, a behind yeah, the scenes panic that you haven't that said just, anything about. He's like, oh man, I am going to have to tell the world this. <laughs> I lost and it's three not going to go well. 
and and it's not that I, I it wasn't like a conscious effort to not. It's just that come recording time, and it, you know, it's like I hadn't thought about it for a couple of days, and you know, I'm getting old, right? Let's face it, I'm getting old. So, I, I, it's not like I was thinking about it a lot. It's just occasionally I'd walk out there and go, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta try to figure out what I did with those helicopters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I realized that like Monday when I went into work, I'm like, okay, I really need to get this figured out. And I looked around the shop and I'm thinking, well, this, this is the only two places I could be. They're either in my trailer or they're in the shop. There's no other place for them. And when I couldn't find them there for about, a, you know, before, you know, it was about, I don't know, hour later, I, I finally asked Nick and he goes, oh yeah, they're in the bed of that truck. I put them in the bed of that truck. I was like, oh shit. There they were. Biggest day, sitting there, nice and comfortably resting in the back of a, I don't know, 68 Ford something or other, 150. So, uh, found that, which is good. Um, <laughs> the, as far as this week, uh, snow, won't stop snowing. Nine inches of new snow this morning on top of oh the already- Oh my God, dude. On top of the already, I don't know, eight or nine inches we had. Um, it is starting to warm up. It's 25 degrees as opposed to zero degrees. So that's nice, right? Yes. So no flying, obviously. And, uh, you know, still waiting, as mentioned earlier. Um, V-bar stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's really the only thing holding me up. It's really the only thing holding me up, to be honest with you. So yeah, uh, we'll see when that stuff shows up. So what? I'm what guessing, are you? Uh, are you gonna set it up though on Icon? I'm gonna set to start. I'm gonna set the one that came the the first one I bought the first gasser on Icon. I'm gonna do that this weekend. Heck yeah! Um, I have to pry one of my futabas out of somebody's hands at work because I've been letting them use the futaba for work stuff. So I'm going to have to, I have to remember to bring the Futaba back to, to make that happen. But other than, you know, just trying to get, um, trying to get some helis built and uh, get through this weather, I do have a question and I was wondering, I got to get your guys' thoughts on this because I, you know, I mentioned that we're going to start doing some indoor flying here at my club and the, you know, you guys have never been to the Valley, but. The valley is, I don't know, we're 50 miles long, but where I live, there's like a town every five miles, just right in the middle of the valley, right down down the center of the valley where the river is, right? Mm-hmm. And so my club is a couple towns down and it's, you know, 10 mile drive. So there's like four or five cities for these, for us to try to get an indoor place to fly. And I, I found out that, you know, I, I mentioned that I found out that we were going to start flying indoors. Just so happens that they found the school that's like five blocks away from me. <laughs> that's the, out of, out of the four or five options that they had, that's the option they were able to get. So nice. I kind of feel like I need to take advantage of that. Cause the first year, first or second year we did it, the town that they found was like 20 miles away, which was kind of, a oh, okay. ass, you know, so that was, and the gym was really small. So the question is I need, I have the one thirty X, but I kind of want to get a bigger one. Right, four fifty is too big. What do you guys think? What is in that? Hmm, that the blade two seventy. Yeah, the I think you've got like yeah. a one eighty, 
The Blade 270 or the Oxy? Yep. What about a 380? Goblin. No way, no. dude. No That's way. That's bigger than a 450. That's bigger than a 450. Oh, it is? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's it's that, yeah. 380 is the 380, 380 millimeter blades. Yeah. Not 325 millimeter blades on an Align, like an Align 450. Okay. Yep. Not for indoor, man. That I can tell you that thing flies big. Yeah, I flew a I flew a Gowie X five in indoors. <laughs> Holy crap. What did you yeah. do with it? Hover? No, I just float around, you know, fly circuits in the gym. Wow. Wow. It was loud as shit. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Duck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I was actually looking at, I was actually considering the Oxy, and I'm kind of thinking about it. What do you guys think? Should, I was think, thinking about pulling the trigger on an Oxy. Oh, man, I love spending other people's money. You should go for it. Yeah. I, I have heard, I, I've heard good stuff about the Oxy. I think that it would be a really cool thing for you to buy and let us know. <laughs> They're not that expensive. No, they're not. It comes right down. And dude, you right can buy to... one used, ready to fly right now for like 400 bucks. I saw one the other day. I don't know what, why, but the guy was asking like 550 for it, ready to fly. What? It may have been the three blade, maybe? I have, I don't know. I didn't look too deep. I just saw the price tag and thought, wow, that feels like a lot of money for a little helicopter. But I don't know what components he added. Maybe he had, you know, gold wiring and shit. I don't know. So So that's what I'm that's what I'm contemplating for the indoor stuff because the indoor season is 12 weeks long. Starting when? Starting well, actually there's 11 more weeks. They already started last week. You think an oxy, huh? That's what you guys think. I that's yeah. if I were going to do it, like I would get choice. an oxy. How about yep. that? I could put an icon on it, right? Or does it come with like a No. No. You, you could, could do get the, uh, the the micro micro brain, yeah, or the micro oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, pico yeah. Spartan, yeah, the little. Yeah. There you go. Huh. That's a good idea. I'm gonna yeah. look into that. Huh. I don't know dilly squat about all those little ones. I don't even know what servos they take or anything. But I think yeah, you should find either. out and tell us. I think they're I think they're designed to take micros. That'd be yeah, cool. I've, I, I've seen one. I mean, uh, Chris brought one to us when we were in OHP. It's the only time I've seen one. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I wonder what, um, what what speed controller you put on those? Like thirties or fifties? I don't. Probably a fifty. What is it? It does it fly a six cell? We I clearly no, do not know. We, anything did, we, about we don't know anything about the. Oxy. No, we should That's keep going. This is good. I, yeah. I'm having yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> It's a 12 Accurate cell. information. It's a, it's a 12 S. Yeah, 12S. It's an 80 amp. 80 amp, at least 80. <laughs> yeah. Preferably a 120. But, Five you know. blade. Yeah, yeah, it's 9S. And it's 9,000 RPM. Oh, is it that high? I thought it was 6,500. Oh, okay. You're probably yeah. right. <laughs> so we'll see. Let's see. Getting ready. I haven't made my decision on what I'm going to do with the trailer. I kind of have an idea, but I'm going to hold off and wait. I'm waiting to see if the guys at the dealer will um, 
what kind of deal they're going to get. They still haven't got back to Wheel me. and deal with you a little bit. Yeah, they want they want you know they want my business. So because of the mix up, they're they're telling me they're going to give me some kind of a deal. Um, there's really no super rush because I got the trailer, the little trailer set up, uh, adequately, you know, uh, to work on helis and, uh, you know, there's a lot of snow on the ground and it's winter. So there's really not a big rush. I mean, summer will get here before we know it. And, uh, you know, I'll probably be scrambling to get something figured out, but at that point I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Let's see. And I think that, uh, pretty much wraps it up guys. Um, just trying to get some shit built and get some flying. And I don't think I'm going to meet that. It's kind of hoping to be flying by mid, uh, January. Uh, one of the gassers. I don't think that's going to happen mainly because of the weather and the snow. It's just shitty out there. That, uh, that wraps it up. What do you think? Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. News. So how about some news? Yeah. What do you think of that? Oh, geez. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. We're we going to make some up, or do you oh. think you have some? Like where this is going. I have, I, I've, I've at least got one. I don't, okay. I don't have a link, but go to the Heli Freak news thread that we've got going, and you'll see it. It's all over the place. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. What do you got for news this week, guys? Go ahead, Justin. All right. So uh, this week, if you look at what the glorious listeners have put together in our ever-growing news segment, which, by the way, is like, where are we at now? We're at 273 posts and over 15,000 views. So uh, thanks, guys, for the continued support there. Um, But... Uh, what what we see here is an update from the guys at MSH. Have you guys seen this? The new custom canopy that's going to hmm. be coming out. Canopy and boom. This is called, now I think I'm going to mispronounce it. It's called the Protos Max 2 Evolution. It's got to be, you know, pronounced in Italian or whatever, but they have gone back and redesigned the, uh, the stock canopy to have a really sleek profile to it, kind of close out at the back end, uh, you know, along the lines of a goblin or one of those other closed back canopies. And it molds into a, a carbon fiber boom that has the same shape at the back end. So when you look at it in profile, it literally looks like a single piece. It's that nice looking. And uh, it's going to work with both the carbon fiber boom. And you can also, I just saw a picture, I think on Facebook of someone running one or a prototype of one with the stock boom. And it still Mm. looks really cool. Um, These are going to be upgrades. So uh, from what they say, MSH doesn't have a plan to offer it as like a like a kit option. Right. So you buy the standard kit. And if you decide you want to do these upgrades, you pay the extra money for it. Um, The carbon fiber boom, from what I've heard talking to a lot of listeners that have been flying it, the the non-evolution carbon fiber boom 
is super beefy and it's crashable. People have crashed them before, haven't done any damage other than superficial. Now, the problem is if you do do damage to it, we're talking, I think you're out a hundred or 150 bucks. Yeah, it's expensive for a single boom. So you got to be committed if that's what you want to do. But if it were me, I'd run the stock aluminum boom at like what, eight or 10 bucks a piece and then get this sleek ass looking canopy and uh, and rock that. It it's really nice looking. And then in addition to that, it looks like despite what they have said in the past, they're going to be pursuing a three bladed head option. Interesting. I see lots of options with that heli. I don't think there are any other helis out there that have as many varied and awesome options. Do you guys? I mean, it's pretty impressive what you can do with this thing. Well, and especially the price on like the stretch kit and the some of that stuff. When I was looking through, I was I was amazed at that. Oh yeah, fifty bucks to take it from a seven hundred to an eight hundred. Now you yep. never you never mentioned that. Are you baselining a seven hundred, Jesse? Yeah, I am baselining a seven hundred. But I mean, kind of as I mentioned previously, it's the perfect opportunity if you do want to mess around with the other sizes. It's it's affordable. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You guys, you, did you see the picture of this canopy? What do you think? It's nice. I, I saw it earlier. Uh, it didn't strike me as, I mean, looked like a heli canopy. You know, there was nothing that really stood out when I looked at it. Okay. Fair. True. I mean, to me anyway. Well, I dig it. For those of you yeah, who nice. have or are planning on having a Protos, this might be another option for you. Sweet. Um, so I was mentioning the update for the V control. I've got a little bit more information for you on that one. So the user defined main screen. Uh, so obviously when you turn it on, you can create your own stuff and you can actually arrange the things you like to see on the main screen um, by yourself. So like you can move everything around and do this and that or um, it'll actually save it per model as well. So that's kind of cool. They also added another app, uh, the battery saver. So this actually takes into consideration degradation of battery over time. And Justin, I know you've talked about it on here, how you're, you're losing capacity. Um, so this app tied in with the UI sensor and the battery ID will really help track that and will automatically adjust for it as you put flights on there oh that's cool okay yeah so you don't have to like say okay well i've got 50 cycles on this maybe i should only have it drop down how does it do that you uh that i do not know you still have to so do you have to program in the rate though at which it decreases so you can do that now you can actually do that now. Yeah, that's what I was going to... But this says rechargeable batteries lose capacity and power over time. Battery saver function allows to track this and give much better guess how far the battery may get discharged. This avoids over-discharges even on heavy-used or old packs. Function mm-hmm. is mainly intended to be used together with a UI and our battery system. <laughs> like I'd say we should definitely get that installed fast. Oh, jeez. Yeah, my busted <laughs> ass. being out at the... Field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've over discharged. Those yeah. are at three point five. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, about that. So I learned a pretty valuable lesson since we're talking about this. Don't remove the label and solder on the UI sensors. Don't do it. Aha, really? Reasoning? It changes the accuracy of them. And mine are no longer accurate. So 100% my fault. I can hear the the pain in your voice. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Oh, it chaps my dick big time. A frustration. It's big frustration. That's a. They're not cheap. And I did it to two of them. Hmm. Ouch. And I put enough time on them now to know that I definitely did cock them up. Hmm. And it wasn't a soldering quality. It wasn't anything like that. Angelos was the one who actually mentioned it. Uh, when I put that picture on Facebook, he said, hey, if that's this style of sensor, you can't just go and any additional solder that goes up the side of the little bridge or whatever will change the calibration and the values. And yeah, he was right. <laughs> yeah so i mean Uh, lesson learned hey yep part of the game so i will be i'm gonna replace them because i absolutely love everything about it but i will be doing what jesse did which is the best way short (laughs) yeah which is you just take the leads that come off of them cut them up short and then crimp and solder them onto your esc leads that way you're not messing with the actual sensor itself yeah, sweet. Lows. Bummer. All part of making mistakes. You got to learn somehow, I guess. Pay to play. Yep. Uh, there's also an extended agility app. Now, this one I know for the hardcore 3D guys is a really big deal. Uh, when 6 came around, when VBAR 6.0, they actually, it almost seems like they dropped some of the rates down a little bit. You used to be able to get it as fast as you wanted it, but that wasn't the case in 6.0. Jesse, I know you ran into that with a tail. Yes. You actually needed to go in and turn the overdrive on, on the tail. Yep. Well, they have that now for the cyclic as well on the agility. Yep. So extended agility, you can go in there and overdrive the control loop and get it as fast as you desire. Cool. Nice. I didn't have that problem with the cyclic. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, you gotta be, I do know some people though. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, looks like a pretty good update. I'm going to need the fast one, the fastest it, it's got. Fast fastest is cyclic, right? Abso- absolutely. Oh, fastest yeah. Fastest everything. Highest gains, everything. Out. Yeah. I'm going to melt that thing. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> melt that. <laughs> That's all I got. I do. Have, it's it's not exactly news, but I didn't get to it on my section, so I'll just do a quick update. You know, I got a lot of responses from listeners on the whole blowing up an engine on the first flight thing. Turns out it's not nearly as uncommon as you'd expect. So, uh, so far, we're recording this on a Thursday. The show came out on Monday. In that four days, I've had eight people get in contact with me and tell me that they've had the same exact thing happen. Death within the first flight, um, 
Five of them have been on YSs. Three of them have been on OSs. Wow. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Some of them figured out what it was. Uh, you know, I guess on OS, in particular on the 105, there was a real big problem, at least in the first few lots of them when it first was released, uh, with a faulty seat on the needles, right? So they were getting basically a air leak in the seat. The There are a couple of other people who said that they did also run into a situation with loose head bolts. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I I was hoping I was the only person because it would suck for other people to have to go through it, too. But, alas, no engine is perfect. Hmm. I have a little bit of news. It's not. It's more of an update than actual news. Um. So I don't want to. I want to talk about this during the news section because I don't. I mean, we're going to be going on to other stuff here, and this isn't. Don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but has to do with the FAA, and I think we've you've all seen the post. Uh, there is a or the news anyway. There is a lawyer that has decided to sue the FAA. You guys saw that, right? Yep. Yep. Um. Let me let me break this down. I, I, you know, so kind of a little, I guess, disclosure. I don't know. I mean, I read the actual legalese and all that stuff, but I don't retain that shit. My eyes gloss over when lawyers start to talk. So just to, to simply break it down, you know, the FAA has broken. They, you know, the 2012. Uh, uh, modernization, FAA modernization. They broke the law because that law, and again, going to paraphrase. So don't send me any emails about, you didn't even know the name of what it's called. Uh, you, okay. Paraphrasing. The, the deal is they are not supposed to regulate, create any new rules. Plain and simple. That's, that's the law. It was signed by the president. It's a law. So, you know, a lot of, I've seen a lot of what amounts to maybe a slight bit of misinformation about what the FAA is kind of citing as their excuse to kind of sidestep what is now current law. And again, without using the exact legalese, the, the, the whole idea is um, what they're saying is their reasoning for making the rule rules process quicker um, uh, and kind of sidestepping all this stuff is it's an emergency. It's an emergency action that they're taking based on this factor, that factor, and the other. And their big cases, they stated, they cited that they had this projection of you know some unreasonable amount of UAVs being sold during the Christmas season. Uh, so that's that's how they're sidestepping this whole uh, not regulating. Uh, you know, they have the authority. They think they say to regulate national airspace based on this emergency situation. Problem with that is Christmas comes at the 25th of, uh, of December every year. Their lack of planning does not an emergency make. So that's just kind of a nutshell of what is happening. And, uh, you know, wh whatever your perception of the AMA and how you feel they're handling, that's a whole nother story and topic for, you know, a different time. I just kind of wanted to update guys who kind of knew. And again, this is very basic 
um, you know, you kind of had an idea. That That's kind of the very quick summary of what is happening. And, and if you're interested, by all means, go look it up, you know, figure out exactly what all the legalese, you know, the, the terminology that explains it better for those who are interested. Uh, but for those of you who are just kind of curious, that's kind of the it in a nutshell. That's what's happening. So we'll see. Uh, the guy who's doing it, love to get in touch with him. I would love to do an interview with him. That would be awesome, dude. I've already started the process to try to get some information uh, to get in contact with him. Uh, you know, because look, uh, I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe there's a way. Maybe this is our guy. You know, this maybe there's a way that we can help this guy, whether it's through a five dollar donation, or PayPal. What you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe he could use the help, whether it's ten dollars uh, to help buy paper so he can file his briefs or whatever the hell lawyers do. Right. I don't know if he wants that. Don't know if he's interested in it. But maybe maybe that's something that we can ask him or talk to him about. And maybe we can just get him on for a half hour interview so we can. Uh, talk to him about the specifics of whatever he's comfortable talking about. Don't know if he will, um, but I'm making that effort. So uh, we'll let you know if I hear anything about that. Cool. The one question nice. I do got to ask, and I want everybody to ask, why is this lone wolf attorney doing this and not our voice in the hobby? You got to ask yourself that one question, guys. I already have. <laughs> one lone guy. No one's giving me an answer. One lone guy <laughs> and a represent you know, an organization that is supposed to represent hundred and eighty thousand people. One lone guy has filed the lawsuit. You got you really gotta consider that and ask yourself and go find out. Don't take my word for it. Go find out. Do do it doesn't a few Google searches of blogs, you will find some very let's just say interesting information so go look it up go educate yourself on it. this week's news is brought to you by superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100 money back guarantee that's always on schedule and budget get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com not kidding check him out okay so we talked about it last week we went over our resolutions last week right we had a little bit of fun with that we went over what we had resolved to do at the beginning of 2015 and and where we ended up and uh then we made some resolutions for the uh, upcoming year I was a I was mistaken. I, I was thinking that it was the next episode where we went over the predictions. Uh went over where we were right and then of course what we predicted for 2015. Uh so it took me a little bit longer than I thought to find those clips. Uh we went into what we did is we went into the PPP the following episode. So we did the resolutions and the predictions in one year and the the next episode we did the uh, pilot proficiency stuff. But that being said, we do have some clips. We pulled some clips of resolutions or uh, predictions that we made. Uh, Nick's got those handy. They're in. I'm not sure what order Nick's going to play them, but uh, doesn't doesn't really matter. So we'll go ahead and play those, Nick, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss them. Let's 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 do yours first, Dan. No. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Here we go. Danza. You guys suck. You know, easier autopilot systems. But I think that 2015 is going to be the year of safety concerns. And I think that 2015 is also going to bring some sort of drastic change to our hobby. And not necessarily for the good. I just think that there's too much going on right now. And um, I think that we um, are going to see some adverse effect uh, due to that influx of new folks and issues that have nothing to do with hot helicopters. But the people that make the rules don't see it that way. Right? Blanket coverage. Yep. Uh, then uh, of course I also I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it anyway because Nick already said it, but I also think that uh, they're gonna this this is gonna be the year of the three bladed head. It's definitely a trending thing, and a lot of people are looking at, are looking looking for that. I also think that um, uh, this year we're gonna see they're gonna be more helicopter more heli- cheaper helicopters available because of the increase. In hobbyists, the there's going to be um, I don't know there's going to be reason for more introductory level cheaper helicopters and it kind of goes along the lines of the four you know the four hundred size but more affordable you mean not like more, more mall kiosk helicopters right right more affordable I mean quality helicopters at a lesser price and you know we're starting to see more and more manufacturers come out that we hadn't really heard of you know like uh, we were talking about the what's that one the so- Socos or no, the uh, Soxos, and then the Oxy, Oxy. You know, I mean, yep. we're going to start seeing a lot of those European manufacturers kind of cross over into the states, and become more popular. That's a pretty good one. I like that. That's good. Also, I, I can't help but agree again with Nick's assessment online. We haven't heard anything from them in the heli world, so to speak. And uh, it just, you know, it's like um, if you look back to the the good old days of the Raptor 90 when the, when Thunder Tiger was on top, other people started coming in and they didn't really do anything. They didn't change anything. They just kind of fell to the wayside, you know. Yep. History repeats itself. So I think I think you're right on that one. The, the big one, I always like to put out the uh, unicorns. And, of course, uh, uh, Jesse stole that one from me, but... Uh, I, I agree 100% with that one. The Velos unicorn. <laughs> yeah, it's going it's, to... Yeah. It's not going to... I do think, though, I would predict... I'm going to change it up a little bit because I uh, kind of incl- am inclined to that the Avant is going to become more and more available through this year. That's fair. You think so? And I think that Futaba is going to come out with another radio this year along the lines of the 10J for the 14. Oh, yeah. yeah nice, That's dude. a good Great one. So a fourteen J, yep. or or yep. something like that. Something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah and I will pre-order that bitch. Interesting. Hmm. You were on a roll there for a while. Yeah, and then it all just went <laughs> south, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got the big change in the hobby, and not having to do with helis and the align yeah, thing. Yeah. Not so much on the radio. Not so, or no, the well, or the uh, Velos, the Velos, yeah, no, or the Avant, <laughs> or the Avant. Well, we're we're thinking. Thinking. <laughs> release a, the eighteen 
whatever that thing is, the cheaper version of the crazily expensive one, right? You know, to be honest, I really didn't pay much of any attention to what Futaba did this year because I I had my 14 and I just loved it and I just wasn't interested. So I didn't really pay any attention. So I couldn't even begin to tell you if there was something that Futaba did that would, uh, you know, satisfy that prediction or not. So I I, I don't think so, though. I don't think so. Well, if it wasn't on the RCLA Nation news, it probably didn't happen. Exactly. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Justin. Are yes, you sir. Here, All right, here we ready. go. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah and I will pre-order that bitch. That does it for me, Justin. Let's hear what you got. Okay, so I'll start out easy. I think Gowie's gonna keep going with their awesome release schedule and bring an 800 electric to the market. Whether that's a stretch of the X7 or it's a brand new X8, I'm not sure. But I think by the end of the year, you'll be able to fly a Gowie out of the box on 750 to 800 millimeter blades. I think Goblin is going to release a 700 Nitro. Uh, I look at what SAB has done in the last two years, which is nothing short of absolutely amazing and spectacular. And they have released every major class that I can think of right now in my head, except for two, a nitro and a multi-rotor. And I think SAB is going to stay true to their pod and boom heritage and not do a multi-rotor because I feel like that would dilute the brand. So they're going to release a nitro. They're going to start up an SAB multi-rotor division. You know, that could be a prediction. I'm not going to do it, but... I think they're going to come out with a 700 Nitro. Next, Synergy is going to release a 360 class heli. Bodos, please, please do it, dude. (laughs) I think that would be awesome. And I think it would round out that class. Yeah. Okay. Couple of more interesting ones. I think Speed is officially going to take the U.S. by storm. I think by the end of 2015, we're going to have seen multiple competitions. I think we're going to start to see pros getting in on it. Um, I, I think it's going to become a whole new sector of, of the pod and boom hobby. I think a fly barless company is going to go under. I don't know which one it is, but I think by the end of 2015, we will be one less fly barless company in the hobby. Wow. Hmm. Yep. Next, 250 hmm. FPV racing will be a new official class. I think that's going to pop up everywhere. I think we're going to see it at Fun Flies. We may even see it at like Urcha. Kind of, you know, they did the K- KDS Sky Hero races. I bet you at Urcha or another big event, we're going to do 250 FPV racing. Which That'd be cool. They, they could set up an obstacle course yeah. uh, on one of the other sites. Wouldn't that be awesome? I've, Dude, I completely agree. It's going to get It's going to be huge, dude. I mean, they're already little local groups working on rules and regulations and stuff. Just in their own little pockets of people. All right. Final one. For the, for the hobby, KDS is either going to release a speed machine or forsake pod and boom entirely and go all Sky Hero. 
Oh wow! Yeah, that's a good one. I think you're right on. too. It. I. I would hate to see it happen, but man, with the way that multi rotors are going and the popularity that the Sky Hero platform has in terms of affordable stuff that just works, it's rugged. It can be FPV'd, raced, and used for uh, aerial photography and video. Uh, you know, I. I just. I. I got a feeling. So, Justin, how do you feel about your uh, your predictions for 2015? I'm I'm actually feeling pretty darn good, man. Uh, you know, I was <laughs> yeah, going I was down the say. list and ticking them off as as I listened, and uh, I think the only one that didn't well, actually, it's multiple. Now yeah. that I think about it, Flybarless <laughs> Company didn't go under, right? I don't think so. No, I they mean, went dormant though. A couple of them, didn't they? I think I mean, you know. dormancy is probably valid. Stagnant. Yeah, stagnant. Yep. That's yep. that's fair. Uh Goblin didn't release a seven hundred nitro. No. Gowie did not no. release an eight hundred. Nope. Synergy did not release a three sixty. <laughs> so really, <laughs> what did I get here? I got speed. The speed I think I up. nailed the speed. I nailed the two fifty FPV racing. Yeah. And KDS. KDS, I mean, they still sell the Agile series. I don't even know if they do Sky Hero much anymore. Do they? I mean, I, I've not heard much I don't, from those guys. I don't, I don't feel like doing. you hear much of anything from KDS other than that new Kylan 250 RTF racer. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Uh, interesting. Cool. All right, uh, I'm next. Uh, this next clip actually is is runs straight from you, Nick, right into Jesse. So okay, so we'll do myself and Jesse. Ready, man? Yep. All right, let's do it. Okay, so I am going to predict a. I kind of mentioned it before. I'm going to predict a new V bar, and I think that it is going uh, an actual physical flybarless unit. A new different design. It's not going to be a mini. It's not going to be a full size. I think it's going to be an all-in-one unit. Uh, I think it, it's going to be stupid expensive, but yet is pretty much going to dominate. They're still going to sell a ton. <laughs> I think they're good. It's just going to dominate. Everyone's going to bite. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that a line is going to continue to decline. In popularity, ooh, I foresee a increase in the five hundred size, five hundred so millimeter. Okay, so yes, an increase in the five hundred size class. I think Compass is going to put out a new one. Um, uh, I'm not sure Synergy's going to put out a new small heli. Like I, I feel that. I'm just not sure if it's a three sixty or if it's a five hundred. Hmm. I. F- feel like it's going to be a 500 uh all brands and and, i mean all bigger brands should i say will have three bladed head options all of them yeah took Uh, mine (laughs) a line will have one compass will have one uh thunder tiger will have one gowie will have one all of the the big Major brands will have three-bladed options. I think it's going to continue uh, through 2015 with that trend. That's my predictions. 
on my 2015 prediction. So like I mentioned, Nick, much like yours, the three-bladed head will continue to gain popularity and the option will become available for you know many different helis. And I'm not going to say it's going to be more popular than the traditional two-bladed head, but it will be something that we see much more often um, at fun flies and you know that sort of thing. The second thing is I feel like there's going to be this, this is the year for the battery technology jump. Um, it's in, in my opinion, I think it's kind of what's holding back the power systems a little bit on electric helicopters. And I really feel like there's going to be some sort of wall busted down this year, uh, whether they're you know going to stay the same weight, get more dense, uh, more energy dense, uh, actually achieve higher C ratings, um, not just claim higher C, C ratings like we've seen in the industry. Um, so we'll see. Something's Maybe even go higher there. voltages. I mean, we've started to see the beginning of yeah. that with some manufacturers. Yep, yep. Just there, there's going to be something where I feel like at, well, I guess we're going to, it, it would have to go a long ways to say, oh, the batteries aren't holding us back anymore. Now it's motors. But, you know, I, I don't think it's going to go that far, but we're going to close the gap. Nice. In some in some significant way. Now, my next prediction is with the whole like multi rotor craze, and every, I, I feel like there's a lot of new people getting introduced to the hobby, kind of through multi rotors, and you know it's just getting more media and attention. So there's this whole rush of people kind of joining the RC hobbies, and I feel to take advantage of this, we're gonna see an increase in like autopilot fly barless system, some sort of, basically there's all these people that are coming in learning how to fly multi-rotors, which are very simple to fly. And now they're going to want to start flying helis. So I feel like to appeal to that market, that whole f rush of new people, they're going to make the helis a lot easier to fly as well. So some more, uh, I guess a more focus on, yeah, autopilot features, self-level, that that whole big push so that now all these new pilots coming in can just easily adapt to helis and start flying. And then my last prediction is the Velos 880 will still not be released to the public. <laughs> and, and, and will still be going through rigorous testing and part updates. And bastard, you bastard. You stole Dan's. <laughs> So that's uh, that's what I'm predicting for 2015. We'll see. Uh, so, <laughs> how do you feel about yours, Nick? Uh, you I nailed the V bar one. Yes, you did. You nailed that one square. Yeah, that one was good. Dead on. I mean, uh, almost down to the like perfect detail. Yeah, and I didn't know. I did not. Yeah. Know I was going to say, was, did you have yeah, insider say, sure. info? Uh -huh. No, but it, it had to happen. And I just it was knew that. they were due. Uh, obviously, I was not act. Well, I mean, I guess a was there a lot of new five hundreds? No, not no. really. No, I don't think so. I don't think that that caught on as crazy as I thought that it was going to. Um. So yeah, that one wasn't mm -hmm. very strong. Align did continue to kind of decline. Yeah, yep. which I did. was very solid on, and I did not. The three bladed head did not take off. Like I thought that it was going to. No. But you, Jesse. Oh man, all sorts of strikeouts here. <laughs> <laughs> Three bladed head. Eh. Battery technology. Eh. Heli electronics. 
and there are some new fly wireless systems and stuff, but nothing to the level at which I thought there was going to be, you know, just with all those new multi-rotor pilots. And then, well, I I shouldn't say unfortunately, but (laughs) you can buy the Velos 880 if you so desire. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, because I didn't get it correct. For your prediction, yeah. Yeah, for my prediction, not unfortunately for the model. So, a whole lot of strikeouts, swing and a miss, but. Wow. I think we all at least got one right, except for Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, huh. it's not worthy of a scrotum trophy. Oh, <laughs> buzzing. That just happened. Thank you. <laughs> no Thank problem. you for reminding me of that. All right. Well, here we are again at the beginning of 2016, another year, which means we have to kind of step out on the line. Make some predictions for the following year, only to find out at the end of the year how wrong we were. So who wants to go first? I'll go. Because I got a wing. I didn't write nothing down, so this is like, this is is off the cuff. Okay? Um, I believe that, I believe that SAB is going to not just kind of like do what I would consider well, like they did last year, I think that SAB is actually going to dominate 2016. I think that they're going to release a nitro and that full circle, adding the nitro is just going to be the final mm-hmm. kind of like nail in the coffin for a lot of these other companies. I, I wonder if we can disqualify your, your prediction. Because uh, you're a team member? <laughs> because maybe you're like a team member. Yeah, it's kind of like insider trading, well, man. It's like yeah, this, no, this I is, mean, okay. Lots of people are under the belief that SAB is going to come out with a Nitro. I mean, they put up a teaser video and all that, but I am i can't predict how it's going to go after that. You know what I mean? Gotcha. But I, I really believe that adding that will... We'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. They, half a point. Yeah. They will be by far the dominating company uh, in 2016. I think they were in 2015. Yeah, but I think it's going to be even more blatant this year. I I really do. I think that it's just going to be more blatant. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe that, uh, like we saw in 2015 with the bailout, Kind of the bailout in the fly barless system becoming the the national standard, if you want to call it. I believe that in 2016, radio programming your fly barless system will become the new national standard or the goal in which all manufacturers of uh, radios and fly barless systems will be going towards. That that will be the mm-hmm. the thing of the fly barless system for 2016. Um, I believe that touch screens in pretty much all of our accessories will be the the wow factor, uh, especially uh, in chargers. I think that's going to be a really big one. I think all of the new cool chargers are going to be touch screen capable. We really can't. We can't, we just can't get more powerful with the chargers because of circuitry in our homes and generators. But I think that the the UI, the user interface, the t- and the touchscreen capability 
is going to be uh, is going to be the next cool kind of doodad. And I say that in conjunction with kind of like the bump charger deal. Um, but I don't think everyone's going to go battery ID, but I believe that everyone will go. Uh, iCharger will come out with like something touchscreen to compete. Uh, I think that we are going to struggle with batteries in 2016. I've seen a trend in that direction. And I think that I don't like, I, I don't like to say this. I want, I want to actually be making the prediction like Jesse said last year, which it's going to be the year of the battery and new technology. I don't think so. I think we're actually going to struggle with manufacturers being consistent. And I, I don't think that there's going to be a, a clear and obvious winner in 2016. I think there's still going to be a fair amount of people unhappy with almost all of them. Um, I think that's it. I'm going next. Oh, you suck. Uh-huh. <laughs> See you there? I was going to say, these are all getting scooped up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think that by uh, this year, the FAA is going to receive a very large black eye. I don't think the issue is going to be resolved uh, when it comes to this registration bullshit that we're seeing. But I do think that the courts are going to put some common sense back into this whole process. I think also secondary to that, the AMA is going to end up losing one or two things is going to happen. Either they're going to start losing membership based on how they reacted to this, or by the end of the year, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I'm willing to bet that we're going to start seeing some new blood in AMA leadership. I uh, think that's going to happen. Ooh, I like that one. Uh, let's see. So I, th- I also think that this year is going to be for the industry as a whole, a very bad financial year. And I think only the lean and well-organized manufacturers are going to survive. I don't mean to say that a ton of people are going to go out of business, but those uh, those who don't run a nice, organized, lean ship are really going to, by the end of the year, be struggling uh, to either be on their way out or... Uh, out and I, I think the same thing applies to our online realtor re, uh, realtors uh, retailers. I think that they're going to um, they're going to start getting more competitive, and I think prices might you might see a a slight drop in price, but I also think at the same time you're going to notice less of your typical in stock parts not being in stock because of. The market itself is going to see some, some, I think this is going to be a shakeout year, I guess, in other words, right? Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah. I think MA is going to make a big splash onto the scene. I know they've kind of started doing that with some parts uh, su- uh, support. I think that this year, by the end of the year, there will, I don't necessarily mean to say there's going to be a new model from from MA, but I think the, their presence overall is going to be uh, larger this year. Uh, uh, I mean, actually, how about this? It's going to be noticed next year. People are going to know they're back. I agree, right dude. Now. I actually got to meet and talk to the new owners at OHB. 
I'm pretty excited to see what they've got coming up. Hmm. Dude, I would love to be able to get some to get some new produced parts for my EX that's still hanging on the wall in flawless condition and start flying it <laughs> again. That would be so cool. I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see that with uh, MA. Um, I, I think, um, you know, this year is going to be, it's going to be a good year. I think, well, I think every year is a good year for micros, but I really feel that those, uh, those entry level machines, uh, based on their cost and ease, you know, of, of flying and say, you know, I, I think you're going to see that to just continue to grow. And I think we're going to, where we're going to see the big shift is in the, the higher end. Um, I would call it hobby grade, you know, machines are going to be, who's going to struggle. I don't think the small, you know, like the blade guys are, you know, they're everywhere. Right. So I don't think they're going to really see, I think they're still going to have to lean things up a little bit, but, I don't think they're going to see much of a problem. I don't, I think that by the end of the year, the three blade phase is gone completely. I mean, a few people will be flying them, but I think it's just not going to be, I don't think as many people are going to be wanting to try that. And I think that's happening already. Would you not agree? Ooh. Yeah. Um, geez. What else is going to happen this year? Oh, here's a good one. I'm going to win on Friday $750 million because it's the biggest lottery, <laughs> his, lottery right. in history. Uh. <laughs> so I predict by this time next year, Dan's going to be sitting on a drink, on a beach drinking mojitos. All right. That's what's going to be happening. Uh, other than that, I think that's about it, guys. Who's next? I'll go next. All right. Slipped into the second position. All right, so my first one is the majority of 700-class helis that will be released in 2016 are going to offer easy, affordable conversion kits to turn it into an 800. Ooh, I like that giving one. Giving people... See, I, like kind of going a little bit with your theme, Dan, giving people options, I think, is going to keep people interested in the brand and keep people flying the helicopter. Yep. You know, giving them lots of affordable options, whether it's extending the heli out to an 800 different canopies upgrade parts and so on and so forth so that's going to be a huge emphasis in 2016 completely opposite to nick's prediction i'm going with the battery thing again but in a little bit different flavor um i'm going with i think there is going to be consistency problems and we are going to have issues with the current battery manufacturers so i think we're going to see a new player step up um, I think we will see a new brand of battery in 2016 that will be reliable and kind of, I don't know, take the hobby by storm. Um, so hold on. I want, I want a little clarification on that. You mean yeah. a new factory producing new batteries, not someone it, uh, else who goes to the same well, factory and puts their nice colorful logo on the same shit. <laughs> well, and I'm, I, I guess how would you validate that? I'm not completely involved with the which you know we we've all heard the there's only a couple factories that all the batteries come from, so I'm not completely involved with that side. I also think that then this I guess this is a question: Could you pay the same factories more to increase their tolerances and quality? Oh yeah. So yes, you can. Maybe they will tighten up on their quality control and checking the packs themselves and actually. 
So a new company making better batteries than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's going to be from the same factory and they're paying them more okay. or whatnot. Yeah. But I think there will be a new player in the battery market because, I kind of, I mean, I agree with Nick in the fact that we're going to have consistency issue and quality issues with the current manufacturers. The next one is we will see three new Nitro models released. This could be any size. Ooh. Five, six, seven. Coming back. Well, I mean, do you? Uh, so, why do you think that? I mean, is there some? What tells you that? Because I would love that. If you, I mean, that's why I'm doing. So it. I'm asking I you, give me fishing. Do you know give me some hope. hope? Yeah, you know, like you know, like see, how you want to win the lottery, Dan. You know how you want to win the lottery. That's probably not going to happen, right? Right. We know right. that going right. into the year, but you're still going to make the prediction. Oh, it's kind of Jesse, one of those. You, <laughs> oh, you're setting me up, man. You had me excited. I thought maybe you knew something I didn't know, and I, I was thinking this is awesome. I don't know specifics, right. or you know, I don't have any. I don't know any information on on this, but I'm just hoping that right. we'll see three new Nitro models. I think it's. I think it would be great to see a little bit more competition out there. I mean, Justin just went through buying a Nitro. There's not too many sitting at the no, top right now. There's not. There's not. So I think a little bit more competition on the nitro scene would be much accepted yep. by the hobby. The next prediction is there will be another fly barless system radio release. Could be for an existing fly barless system, but there will be a new radio, very similar to the V-Control. And I do want to exclude Jetty from this prediction. It's it's not going to be a Jetty integration um, to an well, because we already know that's coming. Oh, for yeah, some, that's for that, some other fly bar system. There's no value in predicting it. It's happening. Exactly. So I don't want that to be the pre- it's going to be something besides jetty integration. Like there's going to be exactly. Yeah, there's going to be another brand that kind of follows suit uh, with the V bar and fully integrates their transmitter to a single fly barless system, much like the V control is done. And then the last one is. And this one's kind of fishing too. I'm not really sure 100% how to define this one, but I think mobile devices are going to become more used, like our cell phones and stuff. Maybe like the charger, you know, with chargers getting on the Wi-Fi networks and being able to log stuff and remotely monitor uh, battery charging, fly bar- more fly barless tuning from the from the phones. Um, just I don't know, taking more more advantage, uh, taking better advantage of the. Uh, Phones and all the all the technology, wireless technology that's out there. Mm-hmm. Nice man, excellent. Is that uh, twenty sixteen? Bring it on, twenty sixteen. <laughs> let's uh, let's hear from you, Justin. What do you think? All right. So I've got variations on the themes that you guys have already covered. So we'll just go through it. But I still think it's a value to go over if multiple of us think the same thing. FAA registration is definitely going to play a significant role on how the hobby progresses this year. I think it's going to affect the growth of the hobby, not just in terms of the market growth, but also in terms of events, Um, what events are put on, what happens at those events, the size of the events, the level of publicity. Uh, I think that we're going to actually start seeing if your prediction doesn't come true, Dan, and registration sticks around, I think we're going to start seeing online 
options for registering your devices if it is a first-time purchase from people like HeliDirect and Experience RC. I think Mm, speed is going to continue to grow at a rate only eclipsed by the FPV multirotor market. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of additional events, a lot of grassroots events popping up. People that don't necessarily want to be super competitive, but just want to go out there and have fun competing against their friends. Oh, yeah, I got one when you're done. Okay. I think Gowie is going to release an R7 or at least have a prototype out by the end of 2016. Mm. I think SAB is not going to release the Goblin Speed competition because I think that they're focusing on releasing a 700 Nitro, as you pointed out, Nick. Mm Mm-hmm. I think one airframe company is going to go under completely because of the market situation. I believe one new Nitro will be born. And while three would be awesome, Jesse, (laughs) I'm just not an optimist in the same way that you are. (laughs) Go big or go home. (laughs) And then this is perhaps the, the most telling continued theme. And this did I did not just do this. This has been written down for the last week. Batteries will continue to suck ass. <laughs> That's it, huh? it is on my piece of paper right here. That's it. Yep. All right. Does that wrap yours up, Justin? That wraps mine up. There you go. So, uh, you know, we'll make note of these. We'll I have one addendum real quick. Dan, oh, are right. we doing, hold on. Are we doing personal? Yes, we are. Okay. Sorry. Go yes, ahead. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, okay. So my one addendum, and this one's really important. I just forgot since I didn't write it down. I think that the RC helicopter hobby competitions uh, in general will completely and totally miserably fail in 2016. I think they will self-implode. They will be lackluster, low in attendance, but kind of what Justin said. Pro level, just to be clear, pro level, pro level stuff. No, pro pro level, and I believe that the best way for a company to gain traction or maintain is that the grassroots stuff will be very popular. In 2016, I think people want to get back to having fun at Fun Flies and no one is going to give a shit about commercialization or about who's who or this and that or who flies for what. I think it is all going to be about like it was back in the day with the pilots and the fun that you have at that Fun Fly. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of manufacturers are going to not grasp that and will not send their pilots to fun flies telling them to interact and in 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 such a lot of very good pilots will completely disappear some of the top level pilots who don't have the social skills will completely disappear like they will become no ones and the guys that do like to actually have fun and get out and be one of the normal people will become the future legends of the hobby. Do you want to put names to that? 
I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Probably I got a, not. I got a, I got a couple. <laughs> I mean, I've got a couple, but I think that yeah. people are just going to... Just the just, general theme. Yeah, just the general theme that if if... I think we hit a big boom over the last, you know, four years or something like that of... It was all who was flying for who and what heli and all this kind of stuff. And it was more about the competitions and the status. And I think all of that's going to go away because no one just really cares anymore. I think it's more going to go back to this is a hobby. Every ounce that we put into it is going to be more about fun. And it's going to really head in the direction of teaching and the enjoyment. Do you, do you, can I tinfoil hat something here for you based on something you just, just said? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you just said that, uh, the high profile stuff, no one cares anymore, right? No one cares. And I agree with you. And I think the reason, I, I think one of the reasons, not the reason, but one of the reasons that's this happening are, is because of this influx of everybody is a rep and it's just tiresome. You know what I mean? I am so it's, on board with that concept, Dan. It's yeah. just so tiresome that it's just every signature on a forum, everywhere you go, it, it's there. I mean, every company has 500,000 reps, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, it, it has taken away the allure of a top end pilot coming to your area to represent a product and his ability because everybody already represents that shit. Yep. I, I think that goes along with the commercialization. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just, uh, it, it's, it, it has, it's imploded upon itself. And I think you're absolutely 100% right on that one. Absolutely. And I also think that it's a lot of it has to do with how the age, you know, we had such a huge boom of young incredible pilots that had stupid amounts of flying skills and zero amounts of social skills yeah and and that's just all that it mattered i mean that's the only thing they brought to the table was flying and and status and i think it just finally wore out its welcome I am sure you have heard us mention it on the show before, but blades really can make or break the way a helicopter flies. Switchblades brings to the table a proven design in a size that is sure to meet everyone's needs. The sizes range from 253mm all the way up to the top of the range at 813mm. Whether you are just learning to hover or pushing these machines to their limits, Switchblades are for you. You can check them out at switchrotorblades.com. Have you made the switch? This is the funnest part of the whole resolution prediction <laughs> shit. So we each at the at the at this time of year we we uh, look at the other three, right? And we tell everybody what we think uh, you know will happen. Our predictions for each other uh, on that on that front. Uh, so, but first what we're going to do is we did record, we, we pulled clips from last year. So we're going to go ahead and play those, that clip. It's just one long clip and, um, then we'll see where we're at with that. I can always So as a result of his new found wealth, Jesse will go on a buying spree 
resulting in an entirely new and awesome heli and an expensive radio. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I hope you're right. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm counting on you. Go tell your employer on day one, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Dan will not fly nitro by the end of 2015 and will own a 750 or 800 class electric. What? Yep. And Dan will also try out, like, and settle down with a new fly barless system. Other than, yep. uh, you mean away from Icon? Away from Icon. Yep. Yep. Anything. Yep. It, it could be V-Bar. It could be the new Mikado. Anything. But not Icon. Interesting. Yep. Okay, Nick, ready? Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, Nick, no. <laughs> Nick will still only have two E700s as a stable fleet and will aimlessly buy and sell into and out of the third fleet spot in search of something that doesn't exist. (laughs) I think that is actually (laughs) very fair. He will also buy at least one more radio in search of a similarly elusive something. (laughs) So would that... Okay. So that would count if they did come out with a 14J, then you would be right. Okay, I'll take that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Or if somebody comes or if somebody comes out with something comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No specifics, but I, I think that's gonna be the case. But hey, look, it's a little bit of a knock on you, Nick, but I still think you're gonna have those E seven hundreds. Oh, I think that's very fair. <laughs> you gotta have the E seven hundreds. It is the most consistent thing you have ever had in your hobby other than inconsistency a whole year yes. you know that's that? crazy that's the f- a whole I mean, the only year. thing you've done longer than that is like breathe sleep and shit <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. yeah that's that's awesome <laughs> okay that's what i got i'm gonna say that by the end of 2015 dan will be flying v-bar Oh, okay. Uh, I think that Jesse will actually still be flying Compass. Now, you I mean think that on the team have... or just own a Compass? Uh, on the okay. team. I think that he will have wanted to. He will have done a ton of research to get away from it. But I just don't think that... Uh, I don't think that he's going to be wowed by something enough to spend the money that it's going to take to make it happen. Interesting. Fair enough. Let's see. I think that Justin will own some sort of, have owned some sort of nitro and some sort of fuel helicopter. And, and same concept, Justin, in an effort to try and convince himself that he needs and or wants one and then end up and not then getting it. rid of it. Yeah, because I just don't to fill a hole that's not okay. there. Fair. Um, I think that you will definitely continue with the speed thing. Uh, I think that you're going to get even more uh, boutique in your fleet. I think that if it's not boutique, it's not going to be of that much interest. Oh wow! Mm. Even even take <laughs> keep, continue in the direction that you're going. Of uh, uh, this is going to sound mean, but the elitist stuff. Okay, if that if that makes Fair. sense. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that Dan will probably buy one new helicopter, but I just don't think that that, yeah, yeah, he'll probably buy one new 700. Uh, and it, I think it'll probably be fuel. I, th- I would say that I think it'll be fuel, but I, th- I think that you'll have the same electrics at the end of the year. Nice. I think you're probably right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so first, I'm predicting for Nick that you will purchase and keep and still have in your possession a Nitro Heli, whether that be 50 or 90, in 2015, and and you'll still have it by the end of 2015. Okay. Justin, I predict that you will sell a... that you'll go the opposite of what Nick's saying. You will sell a Speed Heli... And end up with another 90 size or larger 3D heli Ooh. that you're going to slightly get sucked back. Not not all the way. You'll definitely still be in the speed scene, but you'll kind of realize you're missing the 3D a little bit, and you'll get a more traditional 90 90 size 3D uh, heli. That's fair. I like that. And then Dan, Dan, by the end of this year. Dude, we're going to be calling you the 250 size multi-rotor <laughs> FPV racer. Because let me tell you, that is your thing. Jeez. Dude, you, uh, I, I just got this image of like Dan sitting there on his scooter with like yeah. the Red Baron hat. You know, like the the leather yeah. thing with the ear flaps, and he's got his FPV goggles on and a yeah, fan in front of him so his scarf there. blows behind him. And he's just bombing through yeah. obstacle courses. Screw it. Yeah. He's yeah, like I, sitting there I and he's doing all the of thing that. like the kids do with the video games. He's like bobbing and weaving <laughs> with yeah, his controller. Tra- moving the transmitter. <laughs> yeah. But you're forgetting one thing. You're forgetting that the end of it is him screaming at it screaming. and cussing yeah, at it. Right. What the fuck was that? I didn't do that. I Who made it do run, that? Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, so Dan, that's going to be your thing, dude. Better get yeah. ready. <sighs> Alrighty. Well, I think that, uh, I'll start with Nick. I don't, I can't imagine Nick sticking with one brand of heli for another year. I think his E700s are going to be replaced with another stable. Ooh, what, what stable, though? I, 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 have, I, I don't know because he's going to, I have a feeling that, uh, so basically at the end of the year, the E700s are gone, will be replaced with something else. I'll tell you one. How about this? As of right now, do you want my my joke of the day? The only one that I could say as of right now, if you said, you know what, you have to hand over the E700s, and this is not one that you would expect. Oh, can I make a prediction before you say it? Yeah, go ahead. Hell no. Okay. All right. I failed. I just wanted <laughs> no, to shoot it out there. <laughs> that's, I'll tell you now, that is a fail. Okay. No way. Uh, it would probably be Goblin. Wow. Oh. Wow. For uh, the, the only reasons being reliability, simplicity, and parts consistency and availability. That's a very I would for a stable fleet spot that makes a lot of sense. That does that. I would sacrifice that. I do not like the way that they look, uh, or I do not like the way that they look in the air for consistency because I love that 
about my E700. So that is something now that is permanently embedded in So me. what you're saying is we're going to be seeing a lot of naked goblins flown at fun flies this year. <laughs> there, no canopies will be seen. Okay. <laughs> Only on the bench. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. All right. Jesse, I don't think we'll be flying compass at the end of the year. I think he'll own a compass, but I don't think he'll be flying compass. I mean, on the team. Okay. Really? Yeah, I just, I feel it's been a while, and now that uh, he's uh, done with school, has a steady income, I think he's going to want to explore his uh, heli tendencies a little bit. Get a little crazy. A little little bit of juice. So, in in, in able to do that, he's going to have to uh, drop the team uh, so he can... Try other so drop out. the team, but maybe keep a heli. Yeah, you'll keep. You'll, okay. you'll you like your compass. You're gonna stick with your compass, but I think you're gonna want to try other stuff. And now that you're gonna be able to afford to do that, I think you will. Boy, Justin, I, you know, I. Where do you go with Justin? Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, what the hell? <laughs> well, you've got everything there is. So what else can you do? I mean, other than, uh, I don't. I do not think you're gonna have a. Uh, fuel heli at the end of the year. I I think you're gonna keep going down your um, uh, speed track that you're on. Mm-hmm. I think you like that, and I don't. I do not think that you're gonna even be too concerned about the 3D stuff anymore. Oh man! I think you're gonna be satisfied with your uh, 360, and you're just gonna leave it leave it at that. You're gonna get your fill of your. 3D stuff with your 360. So, are you, are you saying then the 770 goes away? Uh, you, yeah, I mean, you know, no I, 700 or 800 class 3D helis. I no, I think you'll probably keep the 770 because you really like it. But I don't think your focus is going to be completely on on speed stuff. So, I mean, basically, It'll, you'll fly that big one just to take a break or experience something else mm-hmm. for a few minutes. But then it's back to the speed stuff. Okay. And um, I, as much as I hate to admit it, uh, the 360 will be in your fleet at the end of the year. Nice. You will nice. keep. You will keep it all year. Awesome. Nice. nice. I do believe. So what do you think, guys? <laughs> wow. Some of them were really spot on, and some of them and couldn't some be of further like, off. And that. That that foreshadowing with the whole goblin thing. Yeah, you know what? I'm feeling pretty damn good about my predictions on myself. I mean, that felt so. I'm sitting here the whole time going, "Oh, dude, I know I stuck my foot in my mouth somewhere. I know I stuck my foot in my mouth." And then I heard that, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> totally didn't stick my foot in my mouth." So, so. Let's be clear and let's uh, clear the air just so, uh, you know, a listener who maybe hasn't been around. Now, when we recorded that, that was uh, January of 2015. Yep. yep. You were still flying the E700s and you had not even considered yet switching to Goblin. No, right? that wasn't until March, a couple months right. later. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it was only I went in that direction for exactly the number one, very shortly after we recorded, is when. The whole HRP and Thunder Tiger and the parts thing started. That's when that started to go downhill. And I got real frustrated and real upset about it. And 
there really was only one choice that I would have considered at that time. So that's, that's what actually started me in the SAB direction. Yep. So then you said that I would have a uh, V bar by the end of the year, which Technically, Close. you're right. You purchased it. You don't I have it in your physical it. possession. But I'm I'm more concerned with like you committed. You committed yes. to switching. Yeah, there's money behind it. Yeah, there's a ton of money. Behind <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, there's a there's like a, you have you've made the decision. Yeah, yeah. I have to do it now. I mean, there's I have put too much money in. Dan, it you were very point. accurate with Justin on the that he would have. Well, he has the 380 Justin? instead of the 360, but. He did keep the 770, 770, but you said very little interest most of the year, and I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I think yeah. you nailed it. Yeah. And you guys are pretty opposite. I think Nick and Dan on the flying for compass thing. Yep. Way wrong on yeah. that. Drop yeah. that. And I don't even have a heli. I don't even have a compass yeah. heli. Yeah. Huh. That's fun to go back and listen to that <laughs> stuff. What sticks out in your mind, Justin, about well, those, so those on, little- on mine in particular, I completely drop the ball on Nick like nowhere close not only did you not have the E700s you didn't buy and sell into the next fleet spot you basically went with Goblin and never looked back and, and I found the radio that I was looking for the yeah, first time the, <laughs> so yeah. pretty much like the polar opposite of what I would have expected uh, I did say, Dan, you were going to try out like and settle down with a new fly barless system, but I think I'd be giving myself too much credit if I thought that matched because you haven't tried it yeah, and right. you don't necessarily like it and you haven't settled down yet. <laughs> so and then on Jesse, eh, you didn't go on a buying spree. Really, well, see, this, did this you, is how dude? I look at yours when I was sing- when I heard yours, I actually made a note. I said. I wrote down, well, I did buy a truck, a house, and a motorhome. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> yeah. So All you went on a buying here. spree. You, Maybe you not. did end up with new helis, right? You did. You buy the, yeah, oh, yeah. the E700. All new. And, E7. No, I, I did E7, have the right? N7. Oh, that's right. From right. the previous fall, yeah. And then and, and an expensive radio. And I think the yeah, V-bar no, that, that V-control would con- be considered expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was pretty good. That's fun. Yeah, and then Dan, I'm really bummed, dude, that you're not the 250 quad <laughs> yeah, man. I still got the the visual image in my head that was driving that prediction, and it just I cracks lo- me up. Uh, I love that uh, that picture that Justin drew uh, yeah. with the with the uh, you know the ear flapped hat and, and the uh, goggles yes. and just and the blowing, scarf in the wind. blowing the wind. <laughs> Snoopy yeah. on top That's of the doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's fun shit. Oh. So here we go. And now what we're going to do is we're going to jump into 2016 and we're going to do the very same thing. And since I went first on the other one, I'm going to let somebody else go first. I don't care. Someone jump up there and make it happen. Go reverse order from our other ones. Sure. Sure. I don't remember who that is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll go. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Jesse. Let's see here. I think that, Jesse, you're not going to own the N7 by the end of the year. You are because there's three other models coming out that. Well, see, <laughs> so so I'm, I'm in line here. There you go. You will have two close to matching electrics, kind of the same way that Nick had the E700s and then now is trying to set up his two Goblin 700 competitions. 
-hmm. And I think you're also going to go 14 S on at least one model, maybe not stick with it, but at least try it out, see what it's all about. And I think you're going to buy a goblin 380. Because I think you want to give a smaller model a try. And then I'm also going to shoot myself by the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, you protest too much. Trust me. I know all about that. <laughs> you and Kayla will have a baby in the making. Oh, whoa. Not heli related prediction. No, sorry. <laughs> it affects okay. helis, though, my friend. It affects. <laughs> Touche. All right. So Nick will end up swapping out his three bladed head at least twice back to his 700 competitions and then end up at the end of the year back at two blades on both models. I think Nick, you're also going to own a nitro. And if our predictions are correct, it's an SAB nitro, but we'll see. And instead of buying what we would expect for an engine, you're going to go with an OS. Oh, not a YS. What? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't know. I'm going to take a look at his contract, but I'm pretty sure that that's not, that's not allowed. Oh, I don't know <laughs> whose contract, contract, contract is that, right? <laughs> it's just your morals, Nick. Oh, oh, oh okay. okay. Right, right, contract. right. Okay. Uh, I think that he will also finally give in and either buy or convert one of his models to a 770. Because you still haven't made entirely good on your resolutions from last year to have one of every size. Right? You, mm, you don't fair. own yep. a 750. Yep. And then finally, you will, of your own free will, leave or be forcefully booted from one team. <laughs> Forcefully. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for putting the leave or. Yeah. You're getting fired. Okay. No, I, th- I think it's a leave. I don't think it's a booted, but I figured that would that would uh, cover my bases on both. Yeah, ends. That's, that way, just, <laughs> just in, case. in case, you know, maybe he, you know, he had a rough week. He's been drinking. He gets on the show and just drops it. <laughs> he slams yeah, V control for forty five minutes uh, or something. Right, yeah. And he gets on the forum just after that. Right. And just freaking <laughs> You can hear lightning matches lightning in the background <laughs> and bridges burning. Okay, uh, and finally, Dan. Dan, I think you're gonna sell all of your electrics and go all fuely. Now, maybe even all gas, but I, I feel like I'm feeling good for you about the direction you're headed on the gasser thing. And I and I think you'll probably keep a nitro. I'm not sure how much airtime it's going to get. I think it's mostly going to be the two goblin gassers. You're going to basically tweak and tune and with the help of Nick and Jesse on the V control, get them to the point where they both fly very consistently, kind of like Cool Power 700 number 1 and 2. And those are those are going to be your go-to models. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to buy at least one of your spare nitro engines when <laughs> I blow another one up. Uh, and nice. I think, Dan, that you will swap back to Futaba or most likely JR after realizing that you can't handle staring at a huge V in your face on every flight 
without being able to do anything about it. <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Nice. I like that. Uh, I think Jesse would be next yeah. then, huh? All right. So first off, Justin, after your recent experiences with the nitro engine, although maybe not your fault, I think this will lead to at the end of 2016, you're going to find in your fleet that you will have no more fuel helicopters once again. Oh. That the nitro is just a phase. It's going to last for a little bit, a few, you know, a few months in 2015, maybe even half. But ultimately, when we come, or 2016, when we come to the end of 2016, you will find yourself with no They're all going away. Once and They're for all. all. Gone. <laughs> they are all gone. Dan, a little bit of an interesting one. I think that you will pick up a new sponsor. Um, not locking this down to an airframe, fuel, electronics, anything like that. I think that you're going your, to find yourself with a new sponsor something that you get really psyched about and you will keep that sponsor all the way through the end of the year and sitting at the end of 2016, you will have another sponsor to list off. And then Nick kind of following with the fuel theme. I think that it's so obvious you're going to own a nitro by the end of 2016. I'm not even going to predict that. I think that's just going to happen. But I'm going to go with, I think you're going to own a gasser specifically Oh, by the end of 2016. So I think the nitro's a given, and I'm predicting that you will own a gasser helicopter by the end of the year. And you'll still have it by the end of the year, because I know after watching you fly Carl's gasser that I, I think that could maybe not become your thing, but I definitely think it's something you can appreciate and fly and would enjoy. Interesting. So, there we go. All righty. Leaves me. Uh, I'll start with Jesse. I think that Jesse is going to continue to love and embrace the no sponsorship thing. I think uh, the freedom to be able to dabble in this and that. Although you're not that style of person, I think you like that freedom, and that is what is going to stick all year. I don't think you will... I don't think you will lose. Well, I guess it's only what V team now, right? That's literally my only one. Yeah. I don't think you're going to leave that. Cause I think at the end of the day, it's just V bar in the blood, but I don't, um, I don't see you gaining any, I think the N seven will probably still stay. Um, but I, I do see you adding a one, 550 class or smaller heli. So I think you're going to add okay. add one more. I think you're actually going to add one more 700 class electric in addition to uh in addition to the protos. Yep. And yep. one smaller one. Yep. True. So I think this is going to be your year for the model. End up with four helis. Yeah, the model That's count. That's going to yep. be your year for the model count. The model count's going to go up. Uh, Dan, I think, is going to have probably the best year uh, in the hobby that he has had in a long time flying. I think he's going to get back to flying, and he is going to really enjoy um, the actual flying and tinkering and and just the whole part of it. I think that's going to be a wonderful thing. I think he's going to have one of each of everything. 
and stay that way all year. I don't think he's going to be all in on one, all in on gas or all in on nitro. This will probably be the year that Dan buys the most shit in the hobby that he has done uh, in a long time. And I do believe that he will still be flying V control and, and V bar at the end of the year with no intention of switching whatsoever. Justin, um, ah, this one's tough. Okay. I think Justin will pick up one more sponsorship. I don't know what, but I believe that he will pick up one more. I think that he will pursue even with more purpose, uh, the organization of the speed side, as far as the political and the growing of that aspect of the hobby and will stake his claim amongst the, um, amongst the, the known names, uh, for a long time. I think he'll really like, I don't know, plan a pier, so to say, or a, a big pylon in the hobby, uh, with his name in the speed competition. Uh, unfortunately, I think that his 3D flying will be the number one thing that suffers from that. I think that at the end of the year, he's going to be very disappointed and disgusted that he did not spend any time flying 3D and spent the majority of the extra time being involved in the speed scene. Not even just flying speed, but being involved. And I think that you will add one more Crazy expensive speed heli, and um, you will ha- you will continue to have a fuel model through the whole year, but I think that unfortunately your fuel model status will be consistently disastrous. Oh, oh, oh man. I, that's horrible! I mean, oh, I God. hate to say that, but I I think it's Dan, like we keep all- a spare motor, buddy. I'm telling you. You better start buying those rings. Well, like it's you know we all <laughs> have that one stock thing. In like the me ring and company. speed controllers, right, Justin? Yep. How yep. everyone I touch, and I don't think it's gonna actually be your fault. I mean, I really believe that this I'm is just, just doomed. Gonna, you are just doomed when it comes to fuel. But the engineer in you, and and the and the love for it's fun to do, uh, will will angrily keep you tied to it oh geez. but in the end we're talking maybe 50 50 fuel model flights period i mean oh. throughout the whole year yeah huh. Huh. that's what i think what do you think what do you think about that justin i i i i hope it's not the case with the fuel thing I can't say that he's not uh, he's not pretty spot on with my intentions for the speed side of things, but we'll just have to see what happens. I mean, you know, we'll see. All righty. So I'm going to start with Justin. I think that it, it may not happen by the end of the year, but the work by the it'll either have happened or it will be in the works. There will be a Justin Pucci edition speed machine made by somebody. Oh, get out of here, oh, too. Nice. Now, now you're just pulling my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I think that I think that's going to happen. It'll either be in the works or it'll, it'll it, it probably won't have happened because that takes a while, right? Uh, and we may not know about it. 
but I, I think when all is revealed, even if it is into uh, 2017, I think that the the origin of such a machine will have started in 2016. It's a good it, one. I think Nick has it right with uh, the whole. I don't. I don't think he's going to have any problems. I think once he gets it going, but I just think he's going to be. You're going to be so focused, Justin, on speed uh, because of um, its growing popularity that you simply aren't going to have the time because you're going to want to compete and you're going to want to do well, and that's going to take up most of your flying time. Yeah, hey. I think you're. I think speed is your is uh, your uh, wheelhouse, and I think it's going to. This is going to be a big year for speed, and you in particular in that aspect. So moving on to Nick, I'm going to go a completely different direction. I mean, you guys have both kind of mentioned that you think Nick's going to have a nitro or a fuel heli of some kind. I think is I think Nick's going to toy with the idea, but what's going to happen is, uh. And he may even pick one up, but I don't think he's going to get a lot of interest in it because either at one of the early events, if a spontaneous speed cup is held, or even as late as our event, which is towards the end of the season, uh, and he he practices with this small one, I think what's going to happen is by the end of the year, Nick is really going to be focused on on building a, not a, a boutique or very high end speed machine. But I think that what he's going to want to do is take a 700 Goblin and do whatever he needs to do and to compete at regional events, not big events, uh, because you, you're going to get that competition bug because you're going to do real well with the 500 when you take it out there, that you're going to want to throw a big boy into the race. Ah, and, okay. Oh, and ooh, that's a good one. And you're going to want to do well, so you'll either have one ready or you will be working on one for the following year. Okay. By the end of the year, I you may or may not. I, I can't. I, well, okay. I, I guess I kind of have to commit. That's the point of doing this. I think that you will get a, a nitro and you will fly it. And if you do get one, you will you will keep it. But much like you said with Justin, I think the flight time is going to be there, but li very limited. I you know it's just not going to be as big of a you know staple in your your. Like if you get one. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. For Jesse, I think this is Jesse's cruise year. Uh I don't really foresee Jesse. I, I see that he's gonna he'll probably pick up one more machine, probably an electric. And now that he as you mentioned, Nick, he's kinda gonna stay away from that sponsorship. He's gonna just cruise through and have fun. But this year is gonna be the year where life um really starts to, uh, you know, and it's kind of started, but it really, I, I just think Jesse's going to cruise to this year and he's going to try to fly as much as he can, but I don't think, I think right now he's thinking he's going to get a ton in, like uh, not a ton, but he's going to get some flying in, a lot of flying. I think by the end of the year, I think he's going to look back and go, wow, life really happened this year and I didn't get as much flying in as I wanted to. My only comment to that would be, what do you think happened in 2015? <laughs> it's gotta I, be better than that <laughs> i i i i don't i think it's gonna have to do with it with a with an addition to the family much like what Justin that said. that can't 
I mean, unless that happens in the next three months, that can't happen in 2016. Well, I know that, but no, I mean, it can, it can happen. It's on the way. Like I said, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. she just has to be pregnant. Well, that's not yeah. my problem then. No, that's oh, what she thinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It isn't? Welcome to the club. Welcome yeah, to the I, club. Like, I like it. I think it's cute. That's, a, <laughs> that's what he thinks. Problem. Exactly. Don't worry. Nothing will change. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that phone call. What the fuck is wrong with her? Is this normal? (laughs) Is this normal? You gotta help me out, guys. What do I do? I'll be coming coming to you guys on Friday nights for therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Everything I say is bad. A new segment on the show. I can't do anything right. Help help Jesse survive. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so it's, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's going to be a fairly uneventful year for Jesse. I think it's a cruise year for Jesse. It's just, just doing his life thing and not really branching out too much in the hobby, just kind of staying connected, flying when you can, but not a lot of big things are going to happen. I don't still, it's still in the hobby though, right? You're not oh, yeah, completely absolutely. discounting me. Oh no, you're, okay. you're, you're <laughs> dude, you're in for life in the hobby. All right. Good. So good yeah, deal. that's, uh, but I think towards the end of the year, uh, you're going to just think, well, I get, you know, you thought it this year as well. So I guess it's not that big of a shock, but I think you're going to go into 2017 and December of 2016 is really where it's going to start building up. You're going to go into 2017, much like I went into 2000, like, like I'm going into 2016 mm-hmm. with a new resolve. Okay. I think, I think that's what's going to happen. That's pretty cool. Challenging set. When it comes to flybarless systems, there are so many on today's market, it can be very difficult to decide which one is right for you. You really have to look past the price and start focusing on other things like customer service, product support, and of course, features and flight capabilities. In my mind, the Spartan Vortex flybarless system ranks right near the top when it comes to these categories. Their product support and customer service is second to none. They are constantly updating their units to improve the flight performance and bring you more features. So when shopping for your next flybarless system, visit spartan-rc.com. I just remember, I actually remember the episode when I said, this is going to be fun because now we'll pull those clips and it literally feels like it was just a few weeks ago. I agree. It's crazy. I agree, dude. Absolutely. Last year flew by. And like, yeah, you know, so, like we had the last couple of years we did this, I hope that listeners write in and provide some thoughts on their own, not just what are their resolutions and what are their predictions in the hobby, but I'll tell you what, we I know we did it last year, Dan, on this episode, but we read some of the emails that we got for predictions for the four of us. Yeah, that and was they fun. were freaking <laughs> hilarious, man. Really yeah. cool stuff. I I was looking for some of those and I don't know if I if I just didn't get any, but I usually keep a folder and all the ones that I have in my folder for predictions were for the following or the the previous year. So I I would love it. Now, take some time uh guys, listen and and then think about it and if if you if you want to send an email, send it to all four of us, CC all four of us and that way I'll I'll grab it so we can all, you know, enjoy it and and giggle at it. Uh and then I'll put all of those into a folder because it is fun to go over those um at the end of the year too. 
so we can kind of get some listener involvement there. Maybe we can even do uh, a like when this show comes out, we can post a thread in our listeners corner and yeah, have yeah, them yeah, kind of yeah. just run down the thread. Just post your good. thoughts. What do you what do you got? And and have fun with it. I mean, just go crazy with it. I mean, because it's just it's a just it's a lot of fun. It's fun to to hear that kind of stuff, and then go over it is even funner at the end of the year. Yep. It's great to do that stuff. Yep. All righty, guys. Well, uh, I guess it's about that time. We should probably wrap it up. We're pushing kind of long tonight. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. So maybe we should uh, quickly do some emails. Uh, Nick, how would I get in touch with you if I wanted to send you an email? Uh, you would send me an email at nick at rchellynation.com. How about you, Jesse? You could send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook. Justin? You could send me an email to justin at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums. If you wanted to get in touch with Ken, you could do that at ken at rclnation.com. Again, if you have any questions about the store, some shirts or hats or anything like that, citizen registration numbers, um, you just send him an email. He'll get to you right away. And what would be fun to do is I would like to hear some listener predictions about Ken as well because, you know, he did get for Christmas – a new heli and he's got he's been building a couple of his older lines uh back up to ready to fly so let's let's see if we can't get some fun predictions for for ken as well to see what he what, what you guys think he might do this year oh yeah yep uh i'm dan you can reach me at dan k reed on the forums dan at rcalienation.com if you want to send me an email uh I think that about wraps it up uh do you guys have anything further you want to add or comments you want to make we i don't think so nope no i think we're good All righty, guys, this has been episode 216. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Later. Take it easy on 2016. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by Soko Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, Spartan Flybarless Systems, and Superiority. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>